insurance announcements today. Hello, everybody. Um, just some quick announcements before we get started today. Um, so I'm going to start just releasing the video and the audio at the same time. Um, I've been doing this thing where, like, I release the audio day before the video. And, like, there was, like, a slew a couple weeks ago where I had three pockets in a row. And doing that whole was just a fucking nightmare. So, uh, I mean, it, a lot of it just depends on YouTube ends up working out. But um, I have been managing to get it done in a day or the next day lately. So, um, I think for now we're going to say we're going to put the audio and the video up on the same time, the same day. Um, hopefully the day after. If not, I will keep you all posted, and it will be the day after that. I'm usually very good about um, getting content up on a regular basis. Um, besides that, um, as always, we have ad spots open. Um, the first five or ten, I, you know, fuck it, I'm just going to say ten. Um, the first ten episodes are free. And then after that, it's going to be an insignificant amount. Um, if you got, If you got business, if you got... Um, an entrepreneurship that you want to be promoting and letting people know, hey, check my shit out. This is the perfect opportunity. Um, besides that, we have Patreon. Um, that has been uh, that has been going since the beginning. Um, I have yet to adjust it, but um, for one dollar a month, um, I will give you a shout out. I'll give you a shout out your Instagram if you want Facebook. I guess I can shout out that. Um, your page or whatever and that'll give you some credit too so i'll you know just a friendly old shout out at the end that's all that is um for only one dollar a month um and that's for every video that's not just one like one video one dollar for one video that's every video that month for that one dollar so basically that dollar a month is just securing your place um i've been quiet on this whole thing Pretty much. I think the only thing I've really... the And when I say this, I'm talking about George Floyd. All the horrible things that have been happening. Or that have happened with all that. Um, and uh, I'm not going to say anything. I, I, I Basically, I just want I just want to announce that I'm going to have Chef... Chef Dev. I'm just going to call him Chef Dev. Because I don't know if he wants me to give his full... We're just going to call him Chef. We'll see. So he's just chef for now. But he he was actually on the front lines um, quite a few times during these protests. Um, I saw a lot of his footage. He's going to be bringing that along, so we're going to dive into that and talk about that. I, I'd i be lying if I said I wasn't a little anxious for the episode, but um, it's going to be really good. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, after that, we got Shaky Sean coming up, I think, the next day. I think that day we're going to do a double header. We're going to do Shaky Sean, then later on we're going to do uh, Lil Baby Face Swalla. <laughs> it's kind of, a, kind of a mouthful, but he seems like a really cool guy. A um, lot of cool music. So, without further ado, let's get to the motherfucking episode, y'all. Stay tuned. People complain about the echo, so that's something you don't want to use. I'm real life. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I don't even use headphones for DJing anymore. Really? Yeah, nope, I... I have moved myself past that. I definitely recommend them for like the first 10 years of DJing, but now with the tools I have and stuff, I'm, I want to be in the listening environment that other people are hearing it. I was getting to the point where my headphones were so nice that I could hear beautifully, but some of the systems were so, uh, like a fat, ugly, beautiful system. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, not the yeah. like proper 
displacement of sound but it's just heavy so it's like i you're not gonna get headphones that do this i need to start listening to my environment so now i exclusively don't use headphones 100 hmm. percent. it's really interesting um mm-hmm. i guess i guess it is kind of like a preference thing isn't it mm-hmm. some people can go off that feedback well yeah well and it's it's a newer thing with like the the new visuals that we have and stuff like that like mm-hmm. prior prior to being able to i mean especially computerized you had to listen to the vinyl to be able to like hear what the bpm was adjusted know where you're at on the track there was no visual representation of that so. yeah exactly it was all yeah I, i've kind of been thinking about that because i've been fucking with vinyls lately okay. um doing all the sampling uh rhythm roulette you ever yep. Yeah, I've been uh, really getting in that lately. So cool. I kind of went to the record shop. What was it? A week ago, picked three random records, did that whole fucking thing, and I had a lot of fun with it. Hell yeah! Fucking around with it for like four hours, just like you know, I had uh, had the speakers right here, I had the um, the turntable right here, pad right here, everything. Just fucking had cool. a hell of a time. It's cool. Awesome. If you ever need samples, I probably sitting on two thousand vinyls <laughs> wow. from like nineteen forties on, Ooh. and they're like sitting there for sampling and. Ooh. Shit. my one of my my best friend toby he's an older gentleman and so he's been collecting vinyls since like the early 80s and like he wow. been buying like the exclusive ones and stuff so like we have such weird noises and weird vinyls if you ever need samples let me know i'll like, gladly borrow them out anytime hmm. yeah wow wow that's awesome man um yeah. i have like i have seen like on your instagram like that setup uh we'll yep. get into more yep. into that but <laughs> Uh, we like basically already started at this okay. point, but um, we can we'll, step back. Yeah, we're good. So let's just get the music in. Officially set the tone, cool. I suppose. Cool. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Um, you're watching slash listening to the McAllister Hours. I am your host, as always, Colton McAllister. Um, today, I am very glad to be here today with House of Leopold, um, local DJ EDM. Is that correct? Yeah. Kind of that. Yep. Um, EDM hip hop. Uh, Anything but country, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know country, but I love music. Uh, A true, a true uh, gentleman, right here. Thank you. That's always a distinction, but country, like everything. Nothing against country. I literally just don't know anything about it. You're gonna be. I'll be playing stuff that's from like two thousands. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. sexy tractor stuff. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, I didn't mean to derail. We were just in the middle of a great conversation. (laughs) Yeah, to deal with the. The music and all that, but you. Um, so we were talking about your studio, mm-hmm. um, your setup. Uh, if, if I'm not correct, you're familiar with uh, around here, Pac-Man, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. He's a huge. Um, he's a big. In my mind, he's like one of the most talented Agreed. rappers in this state. Agreed. Period. Agreed. I, I, for me, with him, I mean, his lyrics are powerful, and they mm-hmm. they match the music. Um, the the thing that I know or feel the most with it is the flow i love being on stage with him i get to dj for him a lot and i bring him out to a lot of my shows especially the hip-hop ones and he when he gets going man you i i could his flow so heavy that i can just like tune into it and he just keeps going i'm able to scratch over the back of him so like a lot of rappers like know their music and will time out their their own lyrics to that and they're like they're hearing and operating in the same reality we are he'll get into this flow and i can't mess him up <laughs> like yeah, i can do whatever yeah. i want behind him and we can fly and it's amazing it feels so good i remember almost every time i've been on stage with him i bet how many times has that been uh in the last three years i'm guessing close to 25 wow yeah he's 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 one of them that when like like whenever i 
whenever somebody books me and Seth, they're like, Seth, can you do your hip hop thing? Cause I'll do like hip hop where I mix local to national and I'll mix live to recorded. Right. So yeah, I'm just yeah. mixing beats. And then when their beat comes in, they can come out and re- like sing or whatever Ooh. or rap. And it, oh, okay. it has a, instead of being like a 15 to 30 minute block of the same rapper, we can get six rappers in over an hour and everybody does two, three songs. Plus I can keep a vibe. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. You yeah. gotta have that Wu Tang on that, almost that uh, Wu Tang vibe. Yep. Going. Just yep. Everyone, everyone. And I, can use their music how i know like like to orchestrate it you know what i mean yeah and yeah, keep, yeah keep that flow going um but yeah no so every time i get one of those i pull him out there it's he's he he's one of my favorites um him and g7 or two i usually grab Hell yeah um i i'm gonna have a podcast with him very soon um, and lolo savage he's another one yeah he's been yep. working hard too Hell yeah. Um, and, it, you know, I was talking about this last episode. I had someone on. Um, I really love working with all you guys. Like, oh, yeah. really love getting into this. Like, just, like, discovering all these people who are really um, individualistic and, like, very creative in their own way. But we all still – they're all still a collective and you all yep. kind of know each other. We're and, a tribe. Like, yeah. It's fucking awesome. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I always say, and, like, what I, what I have aimed to do is a lot of, like – groups their leaders amongst them will become powerhouses themselves and people will like follow in line with them and that that to me is more like an army i want more like like a a ninja assassin group i want everybody everybody's the best samurai they can be the best uh uh, navy seal they can be the best uh spy they can be like everybody's their own person and a lot of what our group what a lot of what me and my wife do at house of leopold is aim to make that samurai the best samurai they can be and help them tune their weapons to their sake not for everybody else's sake and Mm. when you do that then everybody else's sake grows (laughs) you know what i mean huh that's a really you elevate the playing field yeah yeah it's a thing we're missing from major cities is you don't have the experts in all these arenas that have like been able to have the growth to push themselves there that's something that we're like trying to stimulate is allowing that to happen so the networks can build so the stadium is big enough type of thing that's fucking awesome man um so you talk about your wife uh, mm-hmm. i know your name is so is house of leopold is that a name for both of you how yes. does that all work so so house of leopold is me and my wife okay uh, my wife's name is jc jc skelton is her maiden name okay um leopold is my last name uh but so we decided on that i would say like five years ago okay and we we designed it as a new theory a new I- idea um we call it a living brand so instead mm-hmm. of being like Coca-Cola that sells Coke Pops, right? And that's all you know the name for. If they started banking, you'd be like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Um, ours does whatever we need it to. Ours is us. Um, and so we, I come from a sales and marketing background um, and social media. I ran, uh, yeah. So that's kind of where I come from. She comes from graphic design. Um, okay. She's a graphic design professor at DMAC um, mm-hmm. and does uh, Photoshop, Illustrator, the whole Adobe collection okay um and so between the two of us we got a very wide piece of the puzzle um viewing wise uh and action wise so that yeah that's what we do um we i don't remember where i was going with this i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we we i guess i'll talk about hustle they pulled we um that's what i was going okay i'm sorry um so we aim to what we have been doing and the reason i'm stumbling around is we're switching we're moving our living we we just went through a growth spurt where we recognized in ourselves that it wasn't fulfilling and we saw something more fulfilling 
And that's that's not a bad thing. That's growth. And you realize deeper inside yourself where that's at. And so we have small projects that have now become more than even ambitions that are maybe becoming jobs like DJing. Wow. Really? Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask that. That's uh, So you're like, you're actually possibly seeing that point where you can make a living doing this. It, we're right in there, especially if I if we work really hard at it for a little bit. And so yeah. That's kind of where we're at. And like we have been our long our strategy for the last couple of years was went working with whoever kind of came into our reality so when somebody popped up and they owned a pizza shop that their mom and dad had forever and they need a new brand a new menu nothing match you know mom and dad made it work because their mom and dad and everybody knew them yeah that, that's not how today works yeah no no it's no completely different. and if people want to order pizza online and they can't find your phone number that's a problem so we we can go from the physical world to the digital world and that's like our specialty so we were remaking everybody everything around us from bands to DJs to pizza shops to laundromats, making them competitive in today's world, helping them with their data management, helping them with their social media and social media planning, helping wow. them with the brand and logo design, helping them with the website design and functionality, um, and then tying all the pieces together through like Google SEO and Facebook uses something called Blueprint, Facebook and Instagram do. Hmm. So you can tie all those together so that way when you do something somewhere, like when you share a picture on Facebook, that it tags and then now is used inside of Google when somebody Googles your restaurant. That kind of stuff. So we just tie all this together so it works the right way. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's um, really interesting. But but that got to a point to us where it's awesome watching other people succeed, but I don't know. There's something that in you that you're, when you once you like your ambition starts clicking, you're like, okay, my turn. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that feeling's hitting. Um, but yeah, so as of now, we are turning our attention. We're, we're still doing so many side projects. We can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good people that we have like come in contact to. Yeah. And it's, it's like putting out lures. You know what I mean? Like when you go fishing, you don't expect to like yank one in right away. So over the last years, we put out how many feelers and also now they're still coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. I love working with people, but next we're, we're working on, I'm, I'm releasing a bunch of stuff through snag and helping define what it is I do. Um, a lot. I've been through stages of DJing where when I started, it was all, if you could afford it, vinyl and Technique 1200s, Rain 57. That was like the standard. And that's mm-hmm. what they were using in Vegas. That's where they're using Atlantic City. And those were like the major spots. DJM was a big deal at that time. Um, and that's where I fell in love with turntablism, uh, watching like early YouTube videos of like people like AM. Um, so when would that have been? Oh, goodness. 2008. Okay. 2007. Um, and then, so yeah, I, I started DJing when I was 14, 13. My dad was a DJ. Oh, wow. So he DJed, but he wasn't, he wasn't like the level of DJ I was and he didn't want it to be cool. He would just uh, did it like pop-up weddings. He did it for like Uh, community events, stuff like that. DJ pure energy. Like father, like son. Yes. Well, (laughs) he built a light board with homemade lights that used light switches on this like wooden panel. So he needed somebody to operate it to like flick them on and off all night. That's like, that's like almost intuitive of like what this is. Yeah. You know what I mean? But way less resourceful. Like I had to use like made of my pinkies and like the middle of my thumbs to like flick them because so, my fingers were too small because oh, really? I had kid hands <laughs> <laughs> but, but I did get a lot of compliments growing up and I really liked it um, so the so that grew into a passion and I DJed my first wedding and that's why I say where I started DJing was at 14 some of you a 14 year old DJ wedding hmm. but I did it and it went really well and I've always enjoyed it I got MC and lessons and stuff when I was like 16 17 wow. Um, yeah. 
And then about 18 is when I discovered nightlife <laughs> and got turntables and started DJing clubs and aims. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, so I was about 2008. Um, and then fast forward, uh, we're saying 2000, 2012, 2011, controllers started being a thing. And that's when it really started shifting. Um, I'm We're now to a point where I am using a hybrid, like what I use is still digital or still analog. I still use the vinyl laying on a platter and they're spinning, but I have this little USB stick that lays over the top of them and it reads it digitally to control my digital music. So to me, it feels like I'm scratching on vinyl, but my instead of having to buy all the expensive vinyls, I'm all inside the computer. So I can download your music and then play it on my vinyl. Yeah. Um, using that, we're, what I've there's turntablism has grown into something that it wasn't before and my skills are now at a point where i am able to utilize some of that so what i have built is a i'm gonna call it like a mixology of different like different snags right Mm. so what so like almost like making your own drum kits maybe is that uh, what you're trying to say or no they're more mixes oh okay so they're like 35 45 minute mixes but they're all in different styles different genres you know, oh. there's like there's like rhythm, and then there's uh, experimental bass, and there's like all these like broad styles. I like nitpicked, so I, I like really. I have 15 years of music, and I went through and found my favorite ones of all these genres, and like put together ones I've re- the songs I've replayed over and over that I think kind of define my sound, mm-hmm. and I put them together in the mixes with the scratching. And so yeah, that's that's the starting piece of what I'm going to use to define what I'm doing next. I. I do not produce. I don't make my own sounds. Um, the best analogy I have for that is like a, I feel like a like a Beethoven rather than like the trumpet player. You know what I mean? And I'm really yeah, good at finding yeah. the best trumpet player. I'm really good at finding the best flutist. I'm really good at finding the best clarinetist and putting them together. And like what I do is orchestrate the value, the value values of like the treb mids, basses, and the volume. And I moderate the flow through the evening. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the conductor. And huh. that, that is where my heart is. That That's my piece. So that's what I'm showing on our next thing. That's what me and JC are working on is I have to define myself as a DJ. Oh, as a <laughs> turntable as DJ. And that's it. Because everybody's asking for music and production and what are you doing next? Because I'm like at that level. Um, but that I have no desire. And it's not like a, like a lazy one. I'm not a lazy person. It's I don't find it in me to want to make music i don't sing in this really not you don't even have the slightest interest no no and i would rather take somebody else's even mediocre or shitty music and play around with it with them in the presence than make my own huh no that's interesting yep and like i do use i have both fruity loops i have the new fruity loops i have the new ableton um and i use them for pulling out vocals Mm-hmm. Pulling out Ooh, scratch sentences, making my own scratch sentences, making my own drops. So I can I can mess around with it. I have almost all my friends make music. It's just not something I want to do. And so that's I'm at a point in my life where like I've been questioning that for a while, and I'm defining that I'm not doing that. That I am a DJ, a turntablist, and this is what it sounds like. And so <laughs> I've put together 16 mixes, and we're gonna I'm gonna be releasing those on SoundCloud and hopefully Spotify. Um, and I've got them labeled into like a CD package. So they're allowing me to market it as like a CD oh, compilation. Wow. Yeah. Dang. That's I won't a- be able to profit off it, but uh, there'll be 16 inside of a single album. And then I also have videos for each of them. 
So these are 45 oh, minute wow. mixes and I've made videos, hence my head being shaved. <laughs> I, I've never been into performance art, but what I've done is created like, like for the last two months, I was even started this prior to COVID. COVID made it easier because now I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but uh, for the last two months I have made it. So I've been recording different aspects of my life when I do things like building a trampoline, riding my hoverboard, uh, cutting my own hair. And then I'm putting these to those mixes um, and editing them to, I have a Gorilla Graphics, Jaden, shout out Jaden. He is editing them for me to match the music. So you're like watching my real life, but all of a sudden it will like match the music and you're like, oh, oh wow. Am I trippy? You know what I mean? Is this, what the fuck? You know what that I mean? It is really trippy. And it comes in and out. It is, and it, it, they have different elements of like realism trippy. I call it trip deck, where like you have like real playing over the top of something that's obviously not happening. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so we just, we play on that all the way through. And I'm hoping this really like defines my, I want to go into the internet. I want to explore wider genres with more people. I don't need a physical location. DJing in bars and clubs isn't, DJing to drunk people doesn't do it for me right now. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm looking for like the art center with 20 people who like want to feel. Yeah. Like, and so I'm like exactly. trying to put my fingers out in those directions. Well, there, I, yeah, I mean, there needs to be more. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just out of the loop. I feel like there needs to be more of those kind of venues and those more kind of events in Des Moines. Absolutely. I feel like it's all very separated. It's either like you're playing to the drunk bar crowd or you're like a top-notch band playing at wherever. Yep. You know? And even, even the top-notch stuff here, most of the entertainment here is purchased so it can be around the alcohol. Yeah, exactly. And that, that alone is an experience in itself. That, I mean, that, like, that taints any experience. And that's fine. That that that's how the, we afford it here. But mm -hmm. that that isn't the way it is everywhere. That isn't the way it has to be. That's not the way I enjoy it. I don't I don't drink anymore, and I'm okay. not I'm not like avidly against it. But inebriation isn't isn't fulfilling. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. And I've been in places where like when you DJ at like three in the morning, everybody's inebriated, and it's like, oh, ah, yeah, my they're shit's not like really, wrecked, and yeah. this is uncomfortable. It's just it's not that I I am. Just to be stated, I'm a huge fan of any substance. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love altering your mind. I love escape, like not escaping reality, but understanding that there's other points to be viewed. That gives you yes. perspective inside of your own head, your own POV, and that's yes. important. I hope you rattle the shit out of your mind. You know what I mean? But I don't think alcohol is a sustainable way to do that. No, it's especially well, in large groups. It's not a very productive way either. I mean, right. and, and you, usually, and I mean, at least eighty percent of the time, in my experience, it's in my experiences, it's ended poorly. Yep. Um, I'm definitely more of like a... Same with mine. I have a lot of experience with it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. And that's kind of the thing, though, is like, um, I mean, Budweiser's whatever, yeah. you know. But and like, a couple drinks is different than like being at a party getting like fucked up. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And like, again, I've, I've been there. I've definitely done it. And I'm not saying like done it in like a past tense. I'm not doing it now. But no, no, no disgrace, no disregard. Do what you want. I'm, I'm an even more avid towards that. But... Yeah, I, in a group setting, having there are special things that happen when 30 people, for example, when I used to have a place, uh, we call it The Hole, House of Leopold. It was like a physical location inside of a strip mall over in Beaverdale. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, we had it for a year. Wow, um, really, that's really cool. interesting. <laughs> it was super fun. I'm, so I'm so, I don't mean to interrupt, so I'm no, just trying to understand. This is like a business? Yeah, it was like a business. a business spot and you rent Yes. I've always like had the thought, like, what if somebody, and you actually did that? Yes, yes. Holy shit. So, <laughs> so I operate inside of an S Corp with a couple of LLCs underneath it. So it looked legit and they gave me an office space. And I had like, I think it was 
1,100 square feet of a brand new strip mall right next to Casey's and Beaverdale in that corner there. Dang. Yeah. Was that, okay, so right was that the, the venue that had all the re- records and all that? That was me. Oh, okay. The venue. I love that you call it that. Yeah, yeah, it was whatever I wanted it to be. We just played in it. It was awesome. Damn. That's yeah. really fucking legit, man. I've Thank like you. I've always, like, I've always driven past those fucking empty spaces. Like, what if we just, like, got four people together and, like, put yes. together the rent to just, like, fucking, like, have this fucking decked out place in the middle of fucking public to just like do crazy shit and do whatever you want and do whatever make music make beats set up studio hang out talk play legos yeah whatever yeah, whatever exactly. the day needs <laughs> honestly it was wonderful um and we are looking to do something like that again the space wasn't quite what we needed to be i either need to be smaller and more in rooms or i need to be larger mm-hmm. to like almost a venue size i see what you're saying but yeah and what happened there was just so everybody knows the the they do ramp up pricing, which is totally cool when you're starting out. But I started out like 700, ended about 1250 to sign the new lease. That one year was like 1450, and I was like, hell no, I'll get out. <laughs> I have no, I have no ego attached to this. This was fun while it lasted. I'm done. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can yeah. do a lot of things with 1450 a month. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I said, we have me and some of my friends um, are my business partners. I guess I could call them uh, are looking at something else in the future. So there will be a version two. But where I was going with that was uh, we we had something there called So Far Sounds. And it was anywhere from like 15-year-olds to like 80-year-olds. And they brought in three different people and three different genres. And they played, each of them played like four or five songs of their own. And I guess these pop up all over the city once a month. And like the couple days before, they announced to everybody that's in their mailings where this is going to be. Everybody shows up there, has a surprise concert and goes. But mm. nobody was intoxicated. Everybody sat on the floor. You're not allowed to take pictures or have a cell phone. Nobody was able to talk. And it was one of the most magical experiences I've ever been part of. Like, literally, there's 80 people on the floor crying to some 18-year-old girl playing the guitar. Like, that doesn't happen in real life. You know what I mean? But it did. And, like, wow. that, that, that type of thing is, like, what I more am gravitating towards at this point in my life. And that... That's kind of bring that back around. That's where I was heading with that. <laughs> but big and next, if I can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't I haven't talked to anybody in a while. Sorry, I'm just spewing at no, you. No, you're <laughs> locked in a basement. Um, I, I did want to yeah, say, like, uh, kind of going off your idea there. Like, I've always thought, like, I would be fucking perfect to have Woodstock in. You know what I mean? It'd we be find so some fun. fucking we. Th- th- that's probably the hardest part, right? Finding the farmer who's actually willing to be like have everybody do all this crazy shit. I've been approached by multiple people. Really? Like, if I had the money or the resources, that's probably the biggest problem. That is. That? You're looking at a million dollars, million and a half dollars, and the wow. EDM world is getting more and more corporate by the day. So it's getting more and more expensive by the day, and less and less negotiable. Damn. Yep. Um. Someday, maybe. It's. I don't really want to run a festival. That seems like a lot of fucking work. Yeah. No. Right. No. I like, mean, it would be up to someone else. All year you know? for a three-day party. <laughs> <laughs> I party almost every weekend, and I barely have to plan. You know what I mean? Like, I'm way about that. <laughs> um. Yeah. I like to plan, but fuck, not like that. Not like that. Shit. No. And I've been part of some. Like, I was part of G14, and like helped helped him held his hand and helped him and i got to see like that level of like trying to really reach for everything you got and like props to jasper props to everything he did don't want to do that no way in hell that was way too scary way too much work (laughs) and like yeah the music music industry is real they're cutthroat it gets real money's real so (laughs) so 
before you get into your next business yes. venture, let's get into that because you were you were adamantly talking about that like right before we started. I okay. wanted to get into that. So you were you were saying that the Des Moines music scene, you don't think it's gonna get started for another four months and that we're gonna because of this COVID that the industry's gonna be hit for years. Yeah. Is that what you said? I think this will definitely change things. Um mostly firstly on a national scale i mean i know everybody put off tours and are sitting on albums and making a bunch of stuff so they're going to be traveling a lot i know there's going to yep. be a uh a, a strong desire from most major politan cities for people to be going out so things can be booked heavier which will draw most of the higher class talent um we were getting high rates of saturation in the market i feel right before covid hit and so it was which was i mean like everywhere which was great because then Des Moines was getting a lot of top names um the last couple of years like Dan Green Austin Blythe have brought more names than we've ever had in EDM it's been awesome and I think that will continue just maybe not at the notch they were at for a second yeah 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 I'm I'm predicting like a uh what do you call that there's an ebb and flow where the backdraft catches and all the major cities pull up that energy for a minute I mean, like New York, that let's say they're hosting 20 parties a night. All of a sudden, now everybody wants to party because they can again. I bet you they're going to go up to 30 or 40 parties a night. And that takes another 20 or 40 DJs off the major net network. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, no. And it, it's a problem of starting again. When does it start? How does it start? I mean, we got Melting Sounds that started up last weekend. So we'll probably get the bar gig started up independently. There'll be no festivals this winter. The last one I knew of just canceled. Or the summer. The last one I knew of in Iowa just canceled yesterday. Which one was that? Seven one two. And I don't know if they've officially announced, but their owner announced officially. So. Uh, that's where I'm from. Zip, that zip code seven one two. Did you go to their festival last year? Uh, no. Uh, so a, that was a special one. Huh. That's weird. The Sioux City Boys, Sioux City Collective, put it on. I'm Sioux not, City see, Sound Collective. I haven't lived okay. there in like so many years. And I think they're new. I think they're the last couple of years. But okay. they're they're doing powerful things. They're running major EDM circuits and tours through Sioux City. Wow. Northwest, yeah, that that area. I think they got a couple of venues they run. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, where I grew up, like Sioux City, was always was always kind of known as Sewer City. I don't okay. know if you ever been through there, but like there's a uh, construction on that interstate that's been going on like since I was a child, and I lived up there like last year, and they were still working on it. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> like basically the fucking uh housing market crash in 2008 just halted it for yep. like years and then like i think finally the last couple of years i could be full of shit but like from what i understand the last couple of years they finally started up again like sioux city always has the nickname up there is sewer city okay so i guess i i guess what i'm saying is i just i didn't know that there was anything they're doing stuff they're doing hmm. it and they, i've seen their shows and they actually have decent production like good production good visuals yeah and like yeah. I said, seven one two last year was probably m- one of my favorite experiences. They had a, uh, a festival tied into a car show, tagged into drag racing. Wow! So and they brought out the Function Ones, which is like a quarter million, three hundred thousand dollar sound system. And then during the day, they had anything from rock to hip hop to uh, Zydeco bands. And then at night, they had EDM. They brought out Kiva, which is like a hmm. she's a deep dark dangerous. DJ, they play like really low temp. It was amazing. It was phenomenal. It was unreal. And there's only like, I mean, I bet you, I bet you, thousand people throughout the entire thing. But I like the nights when they had this like three hundred thousand dollar sound system and this world DJ up there. There was like thirty people listening. So it's like an intimate set. <laughs> it was awesome. It was super Damn. cool. Um, you ever do like the sound disco kind of stuff? 
I have. Yeah, I'm hmm. I'm open to any experience as long as the experience is like genuine. I guess what what do you think about that? Um I don't like so the Silent Disco Bar props to them for what they're doing. I know people enjoy it and I enjoy that. I don't like that. I don't like competing for the best cha-cha slide song. I, I agree. And I'm I I really try to eliminate competition from my life. It drives different feelings and like my mentality in competition isn't I think that's part of what's wrong with the world. Oh, nature doesn't ten percent. Yeah. Nature doesn't compete. <laughs> that's not yeah. what's happening. Um, so that's part. Of, that's part of the conditioning I try to wear off. So I don't don't like that feeling. Um, when I do, I just play my own music, and usually like three people listen to it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but but I have been in silent discos where that was the vibe. Like Cosmic Kingdom had the silent disco. Five One Five does the silent disco, and hmm. like for the free ticket and the opportunity to play it's it's kind of worth it trust me i'd way rather be loud it's the yeah the entire yeah, points yeah. to move like a, a vibe and when you have it all split between all other energies it just doesn't yeah connect. well because you know bluetooth isn't perfect you know Mm-mm. there's there's always that delay and it's just you the, can't match with live you and can't. your hertz ratings lower so they can't get the full experience that are coming out of experience not Ooh, even like not I even close even about that Blue, bluetooth is a very narrow it's like compression so you're mm-hmm. you're you're not gonna hear the whole sound, just not even close. And there's just if they had maybe had bass packs on them or something. There's just no way you can't. The only time I've ever seen a vibe is when like YMCA is playing and they all look at the DJ and everybody does YMCA. Otherwise, everybody's too sparse. No, nobody like is interacting. <laughs> and like there's, it's not conversation you're looking for. It's more like like inside of a good party, everybody has that sway. Everybody's moving together, breathing together, and like, you like feel this yeah, thing. Yeah. That does not happen inside of a silent <laughs> disco. Not even close. It's kind of just like a part, just like yep. kind of all looking at the same thing maybe, or yeah. maybe not even that, doing their own thing. I feel like it's a good pass the time, listen to music with your friends, drinking activity. I Yeah, I, that's that's fair. That's a pretty uh, <laughs> and accurate. that's what some people want to do. Do it. That, I I love love it for that. But yeah, no, I I would way rather be on a mediocre system and have a shorter time slot than play a longer time slot with other DJs at the same in the same area. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Even if my like like five one five is a prime example. They they put us in like the direct line of the main stage which is awesome you get to use their lights and like during the day a couple times it filled up when the main stage dj wasn't known and stuff like that but at night i like i dj'd this last year at night um i think right before the last one or right into the last one and like obviously nobody's there the all like all the lights are going on the main stage like everybody's just like in awe you know what i mean nobody's watching yeah, silent yeah. disco and i'm like trying to peek through the metal metal truck to see the main show myself <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like i can hear this my songs anytime i want i can't see this anytime i want so like that part kind of like yeah gets me. <laughs> there, yeah there's that distance like yeah. i remember the first time i ever even like heard of a sound disco i was like at this uh what was it the fucking park in west des moines do you know what i'm talking about the big, the big like family oriented. Yeah, it's like family slash adult. There's like a bar. Upstairs. I don't know. I know I'm, what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. Splash Park, maybe. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Or something like that. I don't fucking know. It's in West Point. But they, that was the first time I had a Hervin. Like I just remember, just the the vibe was just so fucking weird. They were like. I'm not probably not even thinking of the right place. Whatever it was in West Des Moines, but like people just like bobbing around, you know, fucking like yeah, just you know, if you're like not a part of it, you're just looking around. There's like no music going on, and it's like what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like this is so fucking weird. Like especially when you had never heard of it before, you're like what the fuck is going? Oh, sound disco. I'm like, 
what is this how our mood people are it's like they're fucking they're all in their own fucking in the shit. world it's yeah. like the old star trek shows when the there's like i remember distinctly there's this episode where like people are like addicted to this video game and like it's to the point where like it, it it's the next gen and like their brains like there's like two people left on the ship who aren't playing the game and like play the game play the game and they're all like fucking brainwashing shit that's like what i think about when i sound like, disco where yeah. the headphones <laughs> Turn your in your driver's license. <laughs> and the music stops and they're just chanting orders. They're like, right. they're like, they're like all unison, just all circling. The best place I've ever seen it though is in a convention hall. Like hmm. for like people who don't know each other, random strangers to get them dancing. That did work well. That's interesting. That's the only time I've ever seen it because like what you said cued that memory. I saw it at a Bacon Fest. I've heard of that Bacon Fest. <sighs> I went during their Japanese year, and I I know they put a lot of work into it, and I know a lot of people put it on, props to them, but their Japanese year pushed, it was cultural appropriation all over the fucking place. <laughs> all over the fucking place. <laughs> it always is. We, oh and that's God. the thing. We always, we try so hard, but it never works. You know? Oh, it was, it was too much. <laughs> the girl, the, I'll tell the story, the girl who won the beauty... Pe- the beauty pageant or like the, the there wasn't just a beauty pageant they had multiple things she won the talent show too but her talent was throwing ninja stars and it was obvious she doesn't do this in her recreational time <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck is happening she won <laughs> she won <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god <laughs> they had a uh asian drum circle which was like a big festivity that a lot of people were like merging to. So I went to check it out. There wasn't a single Asian orientated or Asian ethnic person involved in the drumming. There wasn't even a minority involved in the drumming. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. It felt like 2008. You know, yeah, you, right? like everybody was saying like, that's gay. And you like knew it was wrong. Like that's what it felt like there. It's like, this is not okay. <laughs> yeah it's you know it's really interesting um i don't want to get too much into what's going on just because i have an entire episode focused on that this weekend cool um but the thing i will say is i was kind of thinking about this i have been thinking about this the other day is like when i was because i was born in 1995 okay so like when i like between ages like 5 and 12 just remembering how different the world was yeah it is now Uh, it was a huge switch i was there was like so I was born in 89, so I'm only six years older than oh, you. Okay. That makes me in my preteens during that time. So, like, wow. junior high was, like, the ultimate that's gay period. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I heard it yeah, so yeah. much that I even questioned my own sexuality. And, like, I'm not gay. <laughs> like, I had, like, the inverse. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have three kids and a wife, and I've always, like, I'm very attracted to women. I'm very attracted to my wife. And it's always been that way. But it was so repetitious. And for anything you did negatively, it was just, like, like you had to have some kind of identity look at yourself you know what i mean like why is the universe saying this um but no one story i always tell too is uh i remember when al gore and bush were getting elected or in that presidential election uh, that would have been what 99 something like that 2000 2000. and that 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 to me is like the big start of the switch where like things things really like epitomied at that point the my school ran a fake election where all the students voted there was three kids that voted out gore me my sister and my best friend forrest and that that's the atmosphere i grew up in it was yeah it was crazy. so okay so let me ask where'd you grow up like what area ballard huxley 
Uh, is that in Iowa? Where is that? Yep, just five miles south of Ames. Oh, okay. And okay. I lived in a small town called Kelly, which was like 150 people. And it was oh, like the wow, n- yeah, fifty people. What yeah, the fuck? it depends on who who died that week or who was born. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like the local paper boy, and I grew up in like the nineteen fifties, like with like like all modern technology, but like the town acted like it was the nineteen fifties. Yeah, I see what you're saying. We had like the token oh black god. kid that rode the bus. You know what I mean? Like it was. Well, we had the, we still have a phone booth. They have a legendary phone booth in Kelly that still functions. Like you can open the sliding door, step inside, and dial somebody. Yeah, I don't know why. Damn. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say my town is quite like that, but like I think you and I can kind of relate in that. Yep. Like, yeah, I think small towns I was very much still like that. I mean, I, I'm I feel blessed having a progressive center like Des Moines. Yeah, I I, I think there is outreach because like even in my town, um, who for what I always remembered in my growing up in that town, very anti-gay, very anti-LGBTQ. Um, they started doing a uh, uh, pride parade. Wow! Which is just like, uh, yeah, because um, I got divorced last year. I was living up okay. in South Dakota, like kind of in that area. It, like, it was like the border of South Dakota, so it was like basically Iowa, but technically South yep. Dakota, essentially. Um, and yeah, I remember like I met people in Sioux Falls, and they were telling me all about that. They had gone to college there. Like, yeah, they do like a pride. Parade. I'm like, they do a fucking pride parade. Like, what? What? I was just shocked. Uh, like I, I couldn't believe it. I had to like Hell have yeah. him like show me pictures and everything. I like I just was like, no, you, you must be mistaking like Orange City, Florida, or something. <laughs> I, have, I, I hold a deep pessimism for our current populace, but I hold high hope for our future. Yeah, the, I, I, I think the younger yeah, the popu- the younger the person gets, the younger the individual gets, the more I tend to agree with their worldview. Things are shifting. Yeah. I think that's the key. I think that's the thing people really need to remember is like eventually like all these people that are doing this are they're dying out, man. Like eventually give it 20, 30 years. These people, I, I could be wrong, but I truly do think that majority of those people are going to be gone. The yes of our current populace. The only thing I worry about is the next generation of elitist. That that's a whole nother that, battle. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that is. <laughs> but yeah, of our population, it's gonna be nice being able to like like I have tattoos and stuff, and like the judgment I receive is super minimal, doesn't bother me. But when you walk into a store and that six year old lady does give you a dirty look, I'm so excited for that to be dead. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like just unneeded. Yeah. Right. It, I don't know. We sh- we younger folks. 32 33 and under to generalize do see each other see the world interact differently we've got even on the internet we've gotten over our keyboard warrior days most of us you know what i mean like 2010 to 2015 was brutal online (laughs) fucking brutal we're like now try talking to a boomer they'll rip your ass apart and they don't say anything none of it's like valid or has any like reason but they'll call you a pussy and everything else all in the same sentence you know what i mean yeah and uh yeah the there's just definitely definitely different maturity rates because of what we've had to experience and all the arenas yeah. we experience well it's amazing i i think a lot of it is with just the the influx of information we now have yeah it, it's and, that's changed so many things it's insane and that's okay so talking to that about what's currently happening i am so fucking proud of our social networks and how we are deciphering and sharing information We've always been a meme culture. We've always shared information, but when things have negatively trended or falsely trended amongst us, they have continued in the past and the arguments have been invalid and stupid. 
we are policing ourselves and the stuff that's being shared is mostly black and relevant and i am so fucking proud of how we're doing that i think it's that that is a growth spurt from how we've ever done anything before yeah and i still see the negative like this is bullshit post but like i'm talking like the people who are involved in it are doing it like they've never done before the information sharing the this this might not be true let's not share this yet this is true release it like that that kind of conversation has never been to the level it is now and it's now to like a responsible level i think the way we've used information through this protest is the reason the protests are so large we have activated people's minds through correct filtering of yeah information that that that's that's never happened with anything we've always been yeah blockaded by russia or boomer memes or wherever the fuck they're coming from you know what i mean this one really worked and i'm very impressed by how we did that yeah um and you know however people might feel about this you have to acknowledge either way that this is probably one of the bigger i think one of the biggest ones that i remember anyways that well you know, in my lifetime 99 percent was huge and the, which one sorry the 99 percent movement and that was like, in like so, 2016 yeah i, I guess I, don't, world, I, I guess i don't know because it's all still like and so so 99 was a world movement was almost on this level without this level of attention it was like okay, just so don't look at the, it. You think it's the attention that's changed? The attention and the the okay. the ability. So the ninety nine percent almost had too much. What I call articulation. They had too many points and it was too valid. This is kind of mucked in between what we already know and feel. So they're like, we're using like an emotional contents of knowing what's right because we trust each other to see it finally. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's different. And I think that's what's, that's what's like queuing into like my friends going to protest for the first time. You know what I mean? And I, I, I'm really happy about that. I'm really proud of that. I was get protests are important. I think this world's going to change even more. And I think we need to be able to harness this power. This world is definitely going to change. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we need, to be, we need to be able to harness this power. or We're not going to have a voice. They're already, I mean, we can feel it. I mean, hell, when we passed the Patriot Act too, when we things of that nature, like since 2008, we've been working to decrease the individual's voice. So the only way we're going to get our voice out is in masses. So we have to practice these skills no matter what they are. Hmm. That's how That's I feel about it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, the, I don't know. <laughs> the rest of the world's so ready to activate and are doing it. Like uh, yesterday I watched out of was it Italy they were having a protest and they had there had to be a hundred green lasers and so they were taking down police drones as a community with green lasers <laughs> aiming them at the drones and you overload the drone with all these laser bits and the drone will literally just drop out of oh, the air oh really yeah and they're like they're to that level of like activism protest already like they they're just like time to protest where's my laser <laughs> you know what I mean like it's a growing thing I I, I so to be outright I am an I'm an anti-centralist. That's how I like to describe it. I don't think we should all give our powers towards one central location. It's the same basic like thing I have against like Christianity. I don't think it like prescribes to the individual. I think, no, not at all. I, I think we. Remotely. I think the beautiful thing about like our consciousness being self-identifying is that we are all on a different perspective, and what we're going to be able to share is how yours is different than mine and what that equals yeah. together well that, that, and that and is that's not right. that's the key that's uh, it's the like key. being humble like having your you know that's kind of i think where we agree with like psychedelics is like mm -hmm. you have that like self inflection in that or reflection in that self you know that that sense of self yep. but you also develop a humble 
approach to like other people. Yeah, because that's yourself. You're hearing yourself. Exactly. There, there's no way to echolocate alone. You can't fix yourself. You can't get better. You can't be more human. You can't be happier alone. It no. just doesn't work. Um, but uh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> you were like, you were like, really like, yeah. oh no, what you were anti, sorry, anti centralist, anti centralist, which so, is not a term I've heard. So no, no, and I've worked, I've worked very hard at this because I've, I've, I do not believe the new paradigm is understood yet. I think we have to get perspective to be able to articulate what that looks like, but that we can say things that are so obvious and common that we can start distancing ourselves from the per- perpetuated conditioned reality that we're raised in. Um, but I think this starts with the individual. Uh, okay, where am I going with that? <laughs> big thoughts, big thoughts. I haven't been thinking hard lately. I've been enjoying just like my time. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what was the question again? I'm sorry, hit me with it one more time. Okay, so you were talking about how you were anti-centralist. Anti-centralist. So yeah, I believe in localist localism. Um, I think like that everybody is arguing about who the president is is the backwards part we should be arguing about who the mayor is i think the fact that the the central government in washington has 95 98 of the money resources and power is fucking bullshit i think most of that should be to our city governments to our local governments then to our state governments then to maybe a uh midwestern municipality then to a federal government and we work backwards the most important things to us is our health and well-being in our streets not our fucking federal yeah. reserve or armed forces and i'm i'm pro arms forces i understand like if somebody's going to hit my wife i'm going to beat them first like i do understand retaliation i do understand there's righteous anger i do understand you have to protect yourself like i get those lines but not at the extremes we are and not at the cost we're giving so like i think if we focus if everybody's arguing about who's on city council you know how much power there's inside a city council and like if we d- divulge our resources and literally like the opposite spectrum you know what i mean so the city has the money and the federals have just enough that that would allow our schools to bloom that would allow our streets to bloom who knows what kind of human projects we'd be able to start how we'd be able to help each other in further yeah. ways that that's where it's at the federal government's not going to do that for us they're too no far, no yeah they're too far away they're and most of those people there are elitist and that's fine that's what needs to be in a federal government but then why give them all the power yeah i you know i think you and i on that stance, agree 110. percent And that do, like, and that doesn't require the paradigm shift. I still think there's a par- bigger paradigm shift coming. I don't think democracy is the greatest form of self governance. I don't think it is. W- I, I believe in like the dawning of Aquarius. We're coming into a new time where something's going to make more sense to to live than how we're currently conditioned to live. But there is easy fixes inside the current prison <laughs> to make this less hellacious on most people. Yeah, you know what I mean. So th- that that's that's my proposal or ideas to fix it. I actually majored in political science. That's where I came from. Oh, okay. From. Uh, uh, what school did you go to? Minnesota State, Mankato. Hmm, interesting. I thought so. I wanted to be an astronaut, and then I got hit in the head with a skateboard and didn't have perfect vision. And at the time, you couldn't fix your eyes, so you couldn't be an astronaut. So I was like, well, I really want to fix the world. So I became really involved in politics and thought that that was the way you could fix things. Got involved. Got got up there and started realizing that that's more of a perpetuation of the problem especially as a white male <laughs> yeah that, yeah that's yeah that's that the issue. act of doing <laughs> that the act of doing does this and so i was like okay well what do you do besides doing where am i going to feel fulfilled at how do i get to 70 years old and be like that was a life i want to live so that's where i found myself that's where i started finding I, I did a lot of reading in books people like eckhart tolle alan watts really 
peeled off the onion layers for me and yeah started digging inwards and got as far away from fucking politics as i can <laughs> i most of the time preach now non non-activism non-attentionism ism <laughs> just so we are two things we are our attention which is a part of our reality what we mean to do what we say we're going to do and then most of our reality is what we give our attention to if we don't give our attention to something it is no longer in our reality which the more important part of that being we still pay attention to it but the more important part of that being we don't give it as much energy so i'm yeah i'm still cognitive i still understand but i'm not playing the game i don't care and so that allows me to gain more perspective and the crazy part is as i was happening all you hear is just vote just vote just vote they don't care what side they just want you participating because once you step outside of it you don't have those heartstrings being pulled on anymore and you're like no, 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 no. There's like, like a human way to do this. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah. it's not what side you're like selling me. And so, so that's, that's my latest preach is like, just calm down. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. not right. Either side. We, yeah. Look we at need this. To, we need to be human. Yep. That we need to, we and need we, to, I don't know. We need we can to find people that can step back and like you step said, step back. back. And, and I think we show this to them by not voting. If we can get voting down between, I know, I know this is I fucking crazy because this is this could sway everything and Trump could get another term and I know how bad that would be. And I hate Biden, but comparatively, like that's not an argument. But if we do this one or two times, they will understand there's no money, there's no power, there's no attention in it. And right now, the reason they care so much is the attention. They're buying our attention. That's all they want. That's why the big monies are paying for the politicians to be reelected. They want the attention. Hmm. They want the swagger. They want the say. And what also happens when you stop paying attention, let's say let's say you were my kid, right? And you're bad and I like ground you a lot, you have to lock down or you start rebelling. Or if I don't pay attention and you do everything, it becomes super obvious. You start leaving your joints out, you start yeah, not right. cleaning your room. You know what I mean? Because I'm not paying attention. And then I come back and I'm like, yo, this is what you are. You're not even hiding it. I don't even have to be mean. It's obvious. And so we do that to them. We don't pay attention for a little bit and we come back. All their shit won't be clean. It'll be everywhere. It's going to be so fucking obvious. Their joints are going to be sitting all over the place. They'll have roaches everywhere. You know what I mean? That that will allow us to just nail them to the nail them to the crosses. That came out naturally. Yeah. <laughs> but but that, that right now, the systems at play, the way the game is played, it is designed to hide everything they want to hide. You know what yes. I mean? No, I see what you're saying. And the only way to disengage that is to allow them to feel comfortable enough to show it. From my perspective, you, you know, no, it, it's kind of interesting because <clears throat> having gotten Facebook and having seen some of your posts, I honestly kind of thought we would disagree a, a lot more than we seem to on that. Good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, no, because like I, I am like curious, like are, if voting numbers are going to be the lowest they've ever been this year, because like there was a divisiveness between Hillary Clinton and Trump. I think. I don't know. I could be talking shit. But I feel like there wasn't near as much of an opposition towards Hillary Clinton as there is Joe Biden, especially inside the Democratic Party. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to get most liberal and neoliberal people to vote for Biden. Plain and simple. Yep. Like I'm, I'm not voting. I'll, I'll go on and uh, like I'll yeah, practice what I that. preach. I'm going to vote my local people. I'm going to vote for my mayor. I'm going to vote for my city council. I'm going to damn sure vote for my sheriff. <laughs> you know what so, I mean? So let me ask you that. Can you can you like just leave the president blank? Fuck yeah, you can. Huh. Yeah, they can't make you do anything. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you can even write I in. guess I'm just wondering if those votes would still, I, well, I don't know. What, what they then tell you, what the both sides will say is if you vote for anybody else, your vote doesn't count. Or but, a vote that's not, not for me is a vote for them. But that's not actually true in local government. That's not government true. Because they still count those votes. Correct. 
Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. What saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And that 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 is very misleading. There could be. So there could be a write-in candidate, but again, that falls into the current paradigm of the conditioning because you're going to be an opportunist. How do you become somebody that steps forward and is noble without being an opportunist? Because they're not the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So they, they have the – and they do that with time. They pinch us off in a, a, a time war. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how we get out of that one. I'm just not going to vote because I don't know what the best answer is. That's where I'm at. No, I, I mean, I don't. I, I think I would, from the get-go, I've been like, I'm not going to fucking do it. Yep. And, and honestly, I hate Trump, but I would hate his vice president, Pence, even more. That's the thing people don't even fucking think about, man. Like, he, oh. he wanted to put... What what was it? He wanted to put creationism in public schools. Yeah. There's, like, a whole fucking it's video an in, like... system. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, we need... Them. I'm like... Oh my God, this man's fucking insane. He is like, like way worse. Like I don't know, shock way therapy. Worse. If you are for you're at all question your sexual identity, he's he's <laughs> yeah, right? shock therapy. If I remember right, he even he did one of his children or something like that. It's like, <laughs> oh no fuck. way, really? Yeah. yeah. I remember oh, like reading like underground reports. I remember. Th- I mean, this is like five years ago, and I've read so much since, but I think that's what I remember. I hope. But yeah, no. Um, that that was Trump's best insurance policy. You don't want to get rid of Trump because what's behind him is even scarier in a really weird way. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. The whole the whole thing is just like I didn't vote last election either, so I did, I can't choose lesser of two evils. That that is not something that like filters into my reality. I just I don't even know what to do. We shouldn't even have to do that. It doesn't make sense. I, and and in my mind, the I mean. Well, look at class president. When we were in school, the class president, <laughs> even though nobody paid attention, was the best person in your class. Mine was Tanner Davis, and he deserved it. He's like a doctor now, earning millions, was genuinely good character. That happened everywhere, all the grades. Why the fuck did that stop? When did we stop actually electing the best people? When did they not become obvious to us? Like, what the yeah, fuck happens yeah. after high school? And I'm not saying high school is like a perfect atmosphere. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, like, it, it is an ecosystem in which we are all socially interacting. That's happening right now in well, our lives. And in a way, we kind of relate to that. Um, there's a really – I don't think – I'm not going to pull it up. But there's, like, a really famous clip um, about uh, – I think it was 2012 when there were people voting. Went to a – you know, I guess a lot – they went – they approached Obama voters. Mm-hmm. Or not even, not even. I'm not even going to label that. Just voters in general, and they asked them simple, basic questions about government, and nobody knew the answer. And then they asked them questions about what was in the media, like uh, what was McCain's, or maybe it was 2008, I guess. So McCain, what's what was her fu- or what was his vice VP? Do you remember McCain? McCain. Oh goodness. What was her, the bitch from? Alaska? Uh, Sarah Palin. Palin. There we go. The, it was all about that. Her Bitch daughter was pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Poop. Got it. Uh, yeah. No. But like, you know, people remember that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of the whole thing that is really hard in this whole thing is like, we need to like, we need to break how we get information. We need to like figure that out. Right. We need to figure that out. We need to figure out education. I I think those are the two. Like er, all these problems we're experiencing stems from those two things. Yep. I think I I would agree. And money. Mon- yeah. Well, yeah. bank insurance companies and now cap capitalism owns our that, democracy. Yeah. I mean that's our, o- that's obvious. Our democracy is rotten. That's that's the only way I found to put it. Like it is not bad. It is rotten as fuck. <laughs> yeah. It has been infiltrated. It has been bond. The 
people who now are in there spending money doing things are not the people who have the same worldview as most of my friends or the people I interact with. That's that's the the difference. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's with a lot of people too. I mean, especially I, I hope so. our age. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah, but and that's the crazy part is like growing up sucks in that way when like you see your first friend that became a cop and you realize oh it wasn't the cop school that did that to you it's the type of person you were before you became a cop and like or or uh oh it's not the money that did that to you you're that type of person that became that lobbyist that that really wrecked adulthood for me is like knowing that like people like people are just that way just that way yeah and, Just that and way. <laughs> I think this is where you and I agree. I, you mentioned Christianity before. Mm-hmm. I think religion is a huge part in that. Like, yep. to a T. Like, I guarantee all these cops that are doing this are religious. Like, I would, I would say almost. So. I, I'm obviously stereotyping. I don't know the facts, but I would be more than likely to assume that that is the case. And it, it's a good. It's a good justification method. That's what I feel about Christianity. Yep. Is that I know it feels fulfilling and it gives them the real feelings because they believe in something that tells them this way. But what it's doing in our reality is allowing them to justify almost anything they want to happen under exactly. the name of God. And that's how it's been throughout history. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And like, and part part. So there's this famous book. It's considered called the most like like uh, spiritual book out of India, and it's called the Bhagavad Gita. And what it's about is about different gods, and they are – it's very scattered and almost hard to comprehend, but they're they are talking about different stories, and what they're trying to show is, like, there's some kind of, like, repeating pattern happening, and it's – what's that, that effect called? Where the pattern is the pattern replicating. So hmm. it's kind of like, like a, like a bee, beehive, how the pattern is itself. Oh, Fibonacci? That kind of thing. Okay. Um, so uh, – but what I believe the Christian church does is – a lot what parts of that relapse relapse in our reality they purposely manifest the choices that's part of like what they're hiding is the choice of some of those other parts that's why when you step away you start feeling a little more human is because you get to fall into those parts yeah so the parts that they issued us i think are the people that are still there they're still comfortable uncomfort leads to change not much else does inside yeah no and that's true yeah yep so i think those are the ones that the parts were given like police like teachers and those are good people in the hearts it's just they're they're i don't even call it conditioning because it's something different the the religious leaders of the world understand our spiritual level and have allotted us the pieces they wanted us to have which yeah. isn't true divination they've There's, like tapped into it almost well or, i mean they guard, have tapped into i think a lot of it's the words the knowing when when you don't know how to say something you're not it when you can't give it back to me you don't have it well, and that's another big thing. That, I think that's where education is really big, too, because I think people – like, it's like discomfort. People are not willing to acknowledge that they don't know something. Correct. Like It's against their humiliation. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So they have to have this justification where there's Christianity. Oh, well, this explains everything because it's just God. Right. If you just leave it up to God, then, yeah, you don't just don't have to worry about it. Right. It's just, <laughs> you right. know, it's all taken care of. Well, and <laughs> – what when I started like breaking away from Christianity, the stories of like like that rainbows used to be described as God's God's uh, loving yeah, you that way, yeah. and it's like once you once science explains something, no longer is it God. That that God is not worthy of my me. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? My God is interwoven in all of this. I I have taken hallucinogenics that have shown me higher deities. I don't know if it's the only one. I don't know if it's the one from my perspective. I've talked to gods. I know there's something in other yeah. worlds that like. In, in my perspective, my reality that I know, and I've seen it in my life, how things. So 
I believe the language of God is irony and like serpentipidousness. Irony is the main language. When something is ironic, so I'll step back. When I look at this can, right, this is, this is schooling. This is what you have a problem with. When I look at this can, I tell you this is red. You agree. But your red might be my blue. You've heard that common misdemeanor, yeah, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's with all perspective. When I say something, it has to come from my mouth out of my brain to my mouth to your ears to your brain anywhere in there and you go through your cognitive dissidence of your reality plus mine there's all these different things that it means something different to you and it all happens like that yeah <laughs> well, but, but there's no way to give you my feelings and knowing in the exact way i have exactly it. the only way you can the only shared experience that we can do that in is irony when i say that was ironic and you agree there is something that happens through time that then is what was supposed to be we were within a serendipitous moment that, if something happened that was ironic, it was it was it's, it's so I guess just so I can understand, like give me an example. Yeah. Let's say let's say me and you were saying, God, I'm so thirsty, but I'm so fucking broke right now. I'm so thirsty, and somebody walks by and he's like, Hey, you want a pop? I had an extra one. My, the machine down the block just gave you one. And we're like, That's fucking ironic. Yeah. <laughs> that shit happens. Especially yeah. once you start like cleaning your insides, I believe, and you start like like looking inward. Uh Eckhart Tolle a new earth, if you ever want to like do anything like that. Um but that that irony is truth i believe that that nature that reality happens inside of this like give one hand take another and like the instant you're hungry in your hand should be the apple you're hungry for that's the best tape you've seen apple you've had every time that's how nature works they don't remember they don't they don't re remiss it doesn't doesn't do it like that what what happened what evolved us why we're so much better than the rest of the universe is we got self-reflection we started being able to understand there was an us inside of this immediately on doing so we misaligned the mirrors and started having negative feelings mm -hmm. but you can you i don't remember where i was going i haven't talked in a long time <laughs> <laughs> you can realign that and that's yeah that's that that's that's what it is Interesting. Um, so you're, you've been talking about psychedelic experiences. Mm -hmm. do you want do you want to get into that? Do you mind? Please, I love talking about them. Yeah, I do too. Um, <laughs> I, I, I literally I ask everyone. Okay, awesome. Like, um, so when you're talking about talking to deities, um, I personally have not gotten to that level of psychedelics just because okay. I've, I've never run to like. What I assume you're talking about is maybe DMT or peyote. DMT pushed me there visually. Yes. Okay. I I can transcend myself even in my natural sleep. So in that state, I can feel deities and I can hear them. And really like, yeah and like i can like so this is not a control thing for me and i don't have i don't have any say in it but like i have been in spots where like like i can feel my grandma there i can feel her talking to me i can hear her but i don't know what she's saying i don't have any like like my ears aren't working quite it's like muffled mm -hmm. but yeah and that in those spots i know there's something else but yeah on 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 deems on dmt i blasted through and went to some so I went through some looking like Hindu Buddhist looking frames and they were changing inside in size and I flew through a couple of them. They kind of revolved and then I landed in the spot and um, it was really bright, but I knew it was really bright and I knew it was a God, uh, non-gender specific, a God. It just felt like a higher entity. Like I knew where it was, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I believe, I believe in reality 
wherever you're at all the time, you have everything you need and all the knowing you need. It, you don't have to remember stuff. It doesn't cram in there. It, you're tapped in this thing I call the noosphere. And once you, once you know something, it's just a connection. And that's why like when I'm there, it, it felt like I know I'm here and talking to you. It yeah. felt the same knowing. I just knew where I was and I was doing the thing. You know what I mean? Interesting. And there was no words exchanged, no communication. But immediately I started knowing that he was showing me where my lines of energy were. And so I'm sorry. Yeah, please. Uh, um, this happened during your DMT trip. This happens when you sleep. This is my DMT trip. Okay, okay sorry. Continue. Transcending in my sleep is more of just some otherworldly experience. I mostly talk to like, like I get like I hear messages or I know I'm outside my body. I can't articulate what it is yet, and it doesn't <laughs> happen in any kind of control. Interesting. So sorry, um, you're going back the, to your DMT. DMT. But then I'm there, and so he. What first happens is I get I think it's 142 lines of energy through my body vertically. Wow. Which when I googled afterwards was the Hindu allotted amount of energy lines vertically through your body and so I, he, I felt that and i felt all those and those were like alive and it like it was an awake feeling is how i talk like i know that like woke is what everybody calls it but like like when you wake up and you're like rested it was like like energized like that like i was awake and then it went through what like the chakra points but they didn't feel like what the drawings were they were more like levels like lines and they were all balancing we went one at a time and like some of them i had very clear and some of them like i'm still working on like my stomach were way off and but what he did was help me he was a guidance and i could feel him pulling on the ways they weren't and it was like literally like i could still feel my body body back on earth and i knew i wasn't in it there but i could feel it like convulsing and like almost puking and stuff but it was because we were like pulling my line lines through the sludge yeah <laughs> and then i got tapped or touched or something or whatever it was and sent back through the same frames and into my body <laughs> um that's insane wow. it was it was crazy. i can't i can't say quite a story like that like with what like with line so i understand like what you're saying like the, it was almost like there were like posts in your body and they were like dragging on the ground and you were like yeah i was i, I felt and you were like not this. but you weren't in your body you were like my myself because like how you I, I can see my hands i can see my body but most yeah. of the time i'm like in this view where i don't yeah, see yeah. myself that's what it felt like like I put your head a little forward and that's what it was you know what i mean yeah and um, i felt like i was like postered up i had not with the lights but i did have an out-of-body experience one time when i took lsd cool um basically just like shot out my like my it's like that yeah that that frame of vision like shot up over my body and like i looked down yep it was like really fun like i just that's that's what happens to me when i'm sleeping that type of thing really i can i can hear muffled things where i know they're like another ghostly reality like it's i can hear my grandma and she's dead like what the fuck you know what i mean i don't know what that is holy shit (laughs) wow lsd for me mostly mostly reminds me how liquid our reality is all the movement and stuff i get that for so long and like i can i see yeah i see what you're saying because like like, i can sit here and look at the table for a long time and i can start moving lines and i get things where like like if you stare at the dots and then you imagine you want to move them and you close your eyes and put them back and they're different like is that really happening and like i i I know other people have confessed that around me you know what i mean yeah yeah acid helps remind me of that keeps me keeps me humble and that this isn't real in that sense huh I guess it's an interesting way to uh, look at it. But, yeah. I, like, you know, for some people, like, uh, when they hallucinate during psychedelics, that really freaks them out. I've always found it to be very calming. Super calming. Like, when I'm tripping and, like, I see things just, like, moving and I'm just, like, 
I don't know. It's like uh, because I grew up from like a really like my father's a judge. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, and he was a well, he was a prosecutor for a long time, so he just okay. recently became judge. But like he, so very hard conservative yep. backgrounds where I come from. Yep. So like that part of me is always kind of like in the back of my head where it's like you're altering your reality, you're breaking the law. <laughs> you know. Yep. yep. <laughs> the voice of reason. Yeah. So like, <laughs> but but that's kind of the thing. Like with like more regular use of LSD, like I've conquered that. Yep. Like. The thing I always profess about LSD is like it's helped me conquer my anxieties. Good. Like, um, I mean, this ex- this experience with podcasting especially has, but like, just in general, like there was eventually a point where like my third, fourth time taking LSD, I kind of like, I, because I think when you first take it, people tell you like, oh, you have to be like in a good state of mind. If you have this, this come up, don't deal with it, and you kind of just go with that. But the more you trip, the more you're like, okay, you know, eventually. You, you get to a point where you realize it's going to happen. You're going to have to deal with it. You have thoughts. Yep. Um, for me, it was like right before my end up, my separation, getting divorced and all yep. that. So I think that. You probably needed those thoughts. Yeah, you, exactly. You needed to go through those feelings. Yeah. LSD is a healthy way to go through them. I, I, I think you need to be of sane mind going through LSD, but I don't think you need to be of happy mind. I, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's such an yeah, experience that yeah. sometimes you just need to fucking cry. And I don't know why, but it's hard. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> Well, and people have this, like, perceived notion that, like, when you trip, you're supposed to be happy the whole time. And I don't believe that at all. I really, this perception that where it's like that, like, what you really need to do, what I think people should use LSDs for is to, like, experience things and to, like, use it as a tool. Yep. Yep. Yeah, have fun with it. But, like, and maybe, maybe when you take it, maybe don't go into the mindset where it's a tool. Go into it to have fun, but go into it to have fun, I should say. But take the experience and like learn from it the experience that's the key word for me look for the experience look for what you're experiencing yeah. look for what's changing because it's like like the hardest part of life is seeing the simple shit and when you take lsd it's like blowing the, the like let's say you're a tree and the lsd is the wind and all of a sudden it starts blowing everything that's not real will move a fuck ton it'll move all around all the branches will move but you'll be able to find like your middle of your tree because it won't move the wind can't move it the lsd is not going to move you you're still going to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's the hardest piece is like most people are looking for identification either either through like the, the words they're using, the feelings they're using or like how they're interacting with the world. But most people are just looking for themselves. That's what I truly believe. They, they want to yeah. be happy inside. Yes. And happiness exactly. isn't something exactly. you do. It's something you are. And that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. But it's through finding that like through finding that trunk of the tree that you find happiness yourself, whatever like cliche metaphor you want to use. You know what I mean? But it's true. That's where it's at. That's a hundred percent where it's at. Yeah. Fucking, uh, and LSD, LSD will rock your shit. I I, like, I think my mom is a recovering addict of like 30 years. NA. um, my father was too. I have mad respect for anybody recovering an addiction, addictions and a real disease. But if I was to give her one drug, it would be LSD because of that that basic principle i mean you come away from one experience you're gonna be like i'm changing this about my life i'm gonna eat better yep. and you'll actually do it i'm gonna stop exactly. smoking cigarettes i'm gonna stop drinking caffeine I, yeah <laughs> I, I i have quit smoking cigarettes due to <laughs> like uh i i dr- took acid two days for 420 and like i was like kind of smoking during the trip but i was like getting sick of it yep. then the day after i had one cigarette in the, and i was like this is fucking disgusting i have never do- and i have not touched a cigarette so. not a single touch that's yeah. awesome that's awesome to hear <laughs> Dude. that's and that's the thing about our generation like i think a lot of people our age like i don't know maybe i'm generalizing but mm-hmm. at least around here i feel like i run into more and more people our age that are using psychedelics absolutely and especially not, ketamine i thank, you know i'm not really <laughs> i've heard God like mixing no amazing chemical 
Really? Ab- absolutely outstanding. Best hallucinogenic in the world. Hmm. And I've taken, I've taken, I've taken lots and lots of acid. I can't even like ge- generalize how many times or pieces of acid I've taken or types. And I do love it. Deems I'm not as big a fan of. I've done like sativa. I've done K2. I've dipped cigarettes. I, I've tried almost wow. every hallucinogenic. For me, ketamine is where it's at. Ketamine type S, there's different types. The type S is more of the mental, it messes with your visual reality. Um, I've actually, so there's different phases to ketamine. Should we talk about ketamine? Yes, yes. Oh, no. Uh, great, okay. I don't um, really know a whole okay, okay. lot about it, so yeah, go <laughs> I love this, and I never get to talk about it. Ketamine, <laughs> okay, so there's different phases to ketamine. We'll kind of walk through it. My favorite way to use ketamine, we'll start there. Ketamine in very small quantities. So the first time, we're going to start actually the first time. First time you use ketamine, every time it feels like you're drunk. It's like the drunk without belly, without the slosh in your belly from the alcohol. But you're like, you're in and out and you have a reality and you're like peeing, but all of a sudden you're peeing on the wall and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> ah, I see what you're saying. That, okay. But it's like the first time you smoke weed, you're going to like lay on the propane tank out in the backyard for six hours. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what it is. It's just like, you got to go over that point. But then after that, when you use it in like like little bumps, small doses over period of time, like 15, 20 minutes apart, and you get up to like four or five doses, you get to a very, it's not altered, but a very lofty state of mind where hmm. like you feel, you feel the ragdollness. You feel where you're moving, but you feel how you're being pulled. You feel the lines of the universe. You feel the synchronicity. And when you're in a room with people, you can feel their energies and you feel how things are moving. You feel what part of it you have. Um, We also call it like an honesty drug. You can't lie on ketamine. And if you do, it's so fucking obvious you look like a kindergartner lying. But you don't want to. Ketamine makes you feel like you don't want to. If you have something to profess, this is the way you get it out. And I've worked through so much shit with bullshit, so much bullshit with friends that I needed to. I have lifelong friends that I stopped being lifelong friends with that through ketamine we're now friends again. And I know that sounds like obscene, but it, it, you're willing to cry together. You're willing to hold each other's hands and be like, fuck you for doing that, but I fucking love you. You know what I mean? It's like, it gets you there. So, Yep. Let me ask you this. How do you – do you snort it? Do you Snort it. Okay. It comes in liquid form most of the time. That's how like, like it chemically is being transported. <clears throat> That's what I thought. So – And they dry it out and then you snort it. Yeah. Like us. Uh, so Steve-O, I obviously mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Steve-O is uh, – he does a lot of YouTube videos and he talked about like his drug use and he described like he would like put in the microwave. Yep. That's how you vap the water. Okay. Yep. And then you snort it. Um, one thing with ketamine, just note for everybody listening, you want to really grind it up. It does clot in your bloodstream. So if you're when you're oh. snoring it, if it has clots like you would with cocaine, it w- could actually cause cardiac like pauses. Hmm. Um, so just make sure it's finally crushed and you're totally fine. I've never met or heard or seen anybody actually do that or like have any problems, but it's just something that's been put out there and I continue to profess it. Huh. Interesting. But there, there are other points of ketamine. You can do what's called K-holing. Um, and it's one of the deeper holes I've ever gone in. It, it's like deems you blast off, right? You go straight into the, hole, into the universe, shoot out your head. Yep. This is the opposite direction. <laughs> like, uh, Ooh. It's almost like, like not to get like religious, Alice, but like heaven and hell. No, not, more like well, Alice not, in Wonderland. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, okay. where it's like really weird, but you're like inside of the reality and like you can interact with people, but you're like not there with everybody. Like I've heard people say wow, like the bananas had conversations with them. Um, the last time I K-holed and I tried not to for the most part because I don't, I don't need to go that far. Um, I like the, the medium effects. I like the true serum part hmm. of it, the, the lofty feeling. But uh, 
Last time I did, I was listening to house techno inside of a strip club. They do porn stars ball in Iowa City, which is like oh, a big event. Really? Yeah, and like two hundred people come into the strip club, and we have like an EDM rave. Damn. Yep. So I DJed awesome. early in the night. Later in the night, I took too much ketamine too fast, and the other DJ was DJ was DJing like techno, like boom, 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 just like really hard progressive stuff, and do this stuff. All of a sudden, I'm in a hip hop video shooting for MTV. It is cop theme with red and blue lights, and I'm a hip-hop dancer. And, like, this all made sense. <laughs> and so this other girl who happened to be black was sitting next to me, and me and her were the main dancers. So I'm dancing hip-hop with her, and this lasts, like, ten minutes, and I come back out of it. And this is still happening. Also, I hear the techno, and I'm, like, coming back, too. I look at her, and I'm like, what the fuck did you just experience? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what the hell? What the hell happened? I, I wasn't, like, a. it doesn't make you belligerent or anything bad. It's just, like puts you too far <laughs> you know what i mean you just like go out damn wow but little little doses are where it's at it's very euphoric feeling it feels like acid without the huge come up and come down you're like in those like peak acid points where it, like all makes sense hmm. how long does it last 10 15 minutes on one bump okay so it's it's closer to like maybe cocaine or dmt where it's very short yeah and, okay and the thing to do from from personal experience would be like let's say you're doing an all-night thing if you did a quarter to a third of gram in a night and maybe two three bumps of cocaine throughout the night the cocaine will keep you stimulated above and the like the top region it feels like you're being held by a string by your head but your body becomes like loose and transparent you just like follow the flow hmm. i have gotten luckier i've experienced more synchronicity more irony i've seen cooler shit and been in cooler places than ever before because of the drug ketamine it just it aligns you with your like your Damn. highest probability, your highest self, whatever the fuck you want to call it. There's literally better versions of you participating in this, and it's about what you feel and see and where you do choose to put your attention. Ketamine will take away almost all the conditioning. You're like root self and you're following it. But it's so enjoyable and you feel so you and you feel so close to the people who are confessing their words to you. It's unreal. Wow. That's a lot. It is. <laughs> um, I don't. Fu- I don't fuck with cocaine, so I guess I, I've I don't never, blame like, that. I don't I, blame you for that. I don't either. <laughs> so I guess uh, I don't. <clears throat> I don't know. The the whole thing for me is like I've always been afraid of like snorting something. You know what I mean? In your nose. Yeah, yeah. But I can no, feel that. I mean that sounds. And you can like, ingest it in your drink if you swash around in a drink. Or it's the same toxicity. The gum. Yeah. Same toxicity. Absolutely. It's true. Most most people do it through their nose just because of the easy use. I bet. Yeah, probably. Yep. Well, and just like the kind of the culture behind it, I'm sure. You I'm know? sure. They're really sitting into you in spoons. <laughs> the, the dollar bill. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, now the thing, everybody's wearing a necklace with little spoons on them. So everybody can just. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's like, uh, that's like some old school Coke shit. You it know? Is, it's that. back. It's back. It's everywhere right now. Damn, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I guess, uh, I don't know. Like, I've heard like really mixed things about ketamine. So I guess I never really dove and into it or like even really researched it's, it. It's. For me, I'm happy I took it after a decade of using LSD. Like, the first couple of experiences were like, I can feel what's here that I want, but the other parts are pretty radical. And then after like the third time, I was like, yo, I, I love this. And I, I, I don't DJ on LSD. I don't DJ on any drugs. I will on a couple of bumps of ketamine. It hmm. makes me more me, and I don't mess up. I'm more fluid. I'm more myself. And like that takes a lot for me to say. I don't think chemicals make you more you at any point in time. The chemical isn't you. You're experiencing something other yeah, than yourself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But they're... There's something I don't even know what it does. I don't even know I don't even know what part of it it's cueing into. It's unlike anything else. But it is very psychedelic like an L S D feel. And the next day you have the same glow. Like, you know, on acid, the next day you're like yeah, glowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the yeah, same yeah. thing on ketamine. The next day huh. you're like, God, I feel good. Yeah, it's weird. And like but you know, that's kind of the weird thing with acid is like 
you can have that feeling going into your day, but if the next day just happened. Like, if you just have happen to have some shit happen, like yep. it can really it can do the opposite. You can be like, God, fuck everything. Like, get all pissed and shit. And turn down. Yeah, yep. it's interesting. Uh, fuck. We've already been going on for like an hour and twenty. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. You want to take a short break here? Sure. Maybe we can come back to it. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, folks. Stay tuned. We're gonna be right back. I don't know. I, I, don't, know. Not, I, don't, know I don't know the works. rules. I remember smoking under 18, and although I'm happy I did chemicals when I was younger, I wouldn't allow anybody else to do them if I had any control over it. I would say I would wait until you have enough grasp of your emotions. Yeah, I would agree. To start, you start playing with the tools to fuck with them. <laughs> I, I would agree. <laughs> I, I think like I think there is like an important part to like. I don't know. I maybe this is biased just because I grew up, but like I think there is like an important component to like growing up and like getting through high school, like not like using drugs recreationally or like using alcohol recreationally, like I do now. Right. You know, like sure, maybe you can like dabble in there every once in a while, but like you know, obviously when you're in high school, you're not gonna come home and like slam three beers and like. <laughs> no, no, no. But but there there does need to be some allotment of rebelling because I wouldn't have felt human unless I had something to do rebelling in yeah. high school. I, yeah, I felt a lot of my humanism stripped away from me inside of that corridor. And I loved high school. I fucking enjoyed the shit out of high school. And I wasn't like a popular prick or anything like that. I was in band and music and all the sports, everything. I was yeah. blessed in a small school. But I, yeah, I don't know. High school, high school was is a weird time for everybody though. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the reason you don't do it. Don't don't depend on anything like that. Then <laughs> that's what I would recommend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess the whole the the real thing is like just do you. If anybody's in mm-hmm. high school listening to this, yes, which I doubt, but uh, if you, you do, are, you're if doing you are, well. Yeah, you're doing well. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You're uh you're way ahead of anyone else. Right I'll tell you that if you're if you're intelligent enough to sit down and listen to a podcast, um, but yeah, no. It, yeah, like, cause that's the whole thing. Like, when you're in high school, if like, if there's one thing I wish I could take. I wish I could like have not, not that not listen to people, but like listen to people less. Cool. I wish I had taken some more liberties and maybe some more risks. Okay. I don't know. Yep. I was. I partied a lot. I did anything <laughs> I wanted. I was the that's only awesome. one of my kind, so I was judged no matter what. So I just did it. I got lucky. My parents enabled me. I. Yeah. I, I did all the cliche shit, and I didn't get in trouble for any of it. Oh, you did not, you said? Nope. So oh. I was I was very blessed in that sense. High school yeah. was very lucky for me. I actually married my high school dream girl. Wow. Okay. Dracy would not even date me in high school. She friend-zoned <laughs> the shit out of me. She was my best friend. She would even tell her boyfriends it was okay. She cuddled me because we were such good friends. Like Ooh, That's the level of friend-zoned. Holy shit. I sat in the bathroom and talked to her almost every shower. <laughs> that type of thing. Like, ultimate friend-zone. Um, yeah. <laughs> but she, she was so good at helping me find who I was supposed to be dating next. I don't know. <laughs> she, she was the ultimate wingman. So, yeah, high school was great. But wow, I ended up that's... marrying her after high school, like, five years later. I went to college and came back and ran into her. And we, after after hanging out, I, I was dating a girl and living with her. After hanging out with her for two weeks, I had broke up with the girl. Another 30 days later, we were dating due to be engaged. Three months later, we were engaged. Three months later, we were married. <laughs> 
I'm not passing any judgment. No, obviously, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you, got, you have kids. You guys, yep. every time I see you guys on social media, you look so happy. Thank you. Like, really, we are happy. We yeah. work very hard at it. It's hard work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I mean, and that you know, anything that's good takes hard work. Yes. You know. And it was one of those things where, like, we knew enough about life to know that it was about choices that you made, not places you were that made you happy. Yeah. And so when we – when she – I am a very free spirit. I will do whatever sounds fun. She is the seriouser one. And she looked at me and she says, I'm not dating you or fucking you until you tell me we're having a kid and getting married. <laughs> and I was like, so are you saying yes to me asking you out? <laughs> wow. That is really straightforward. Holy shit. <laughs> she is that straightforward. But I, I, I've always known I needed that. And like, she is such yeah. a balancing act to me. She does such good things. And she's so everything about her is the opposite of me down to a T we have this, there's the, an app that we use called the pattern and they take in like 16 different, like astrology signs and all this stuff and mixes it and gives you like daily recommendations. Most such shit is kind of hit or miss to me. A lot of it like depends on the irony of it. This one for some reason is so spot on. It's fucking spooky. But inside of that the reason I'm talking about it is me and Jay, it allows you to match up with people or like, say me and them how do we compare and it says you guys are stark fucking opposites there's no way you should work don't do that but if you do do it this is the epitome of a relationship there's everything you are looking for in the other person you will have everything you need to rub against to make you your full self and it's like that is exactly what i'm experiencing i hate her and love her so fucking much (laughs) that's what it takes you know exactly yeah it's this weird mentality you have to have we committed from the beginning i got her tattooed on my arm Ah, uh, that's her as a pinup. Oh, nice. This is how I asked her to marry me. Oh, you see, God tattooed to ask. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was like, Will you, so Holy check out my new shit. tattoo, and I got down on one knee, and this knee was up. And she oh said, will God. you marry me? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, congrats to you. Thank you. Um, I I would have ran, <laughs> personally. Any, but Any other girl in this world, don't get me wrong, and I was any other guy I recommend running. That's yeah. not the scenario I say play out. But this was so unique and so special. That's what happened. You well, know what I mean? no, and like that. That's the thing is it like is. that is the really weird thing is you you do find these people that like how they went about everything is just like against any rational way of thinking. But like you can tell that they're happy. You can tell that they're actually. And sometimes you got to grab it. You, like yeah. grab life by the balls like in a saying like like grab what you want you know what i mean like i wanted yeah. jc i wanted to be with her i know how happy she made me all those years of friendship i know how shitty girls were me all this time i know who i was with and she was making me the most happy anybody else could you know what i mean like yeah yeah just just fucking do it and that's that's my that's why i have her now is because i can't always do that <laughs> but that is my mentality yeah uh jc is a good opposite to me she stops me that's an important thing to have an opposite to have a to have a little it's like yin yang buddhism you know Mm -hmm. positive and negative and some of my my like i was saying earlier with my chakra work the stuff i'm working through is in my lower chakras and like supposedly what that means is it's some of the more like humanistic stuff i need an opposite to like pull me down and ground my feet a little bit i'm like my upper portions are very much in alignment but that doesn't make me real a lot of times and yeah people feel that of me People, when I innately meet somebody, will either like me or not like me. I'll get people are always nice to me. Don't get me wrong, but like I seem fake to somebody. But it's because of that, because I don't have that grounding. That's what I feel. It's not. I don't. I don't lie. I'm not trying to be fake. This is the realest I can be. But that's what it appears like, and I blame it on that. Yeah, I don't know. She she rips those parts. She's been ripping those parts open for me, and that's what I need. 
<laughs> well, <Ufta. laughs> hey, you know that's great, man. That that really makes me truly happy to hear Thank that you. people are, um, you know, doing that. Uh, you know, I obviously don't. Well, not obviously. I don't have kids. Um, yep. but I have like I, you know, that was kind of the weird thing getting separated. Is like I had a realization right before that that I wanted kids. You know, I think with taking a lot of it had probably to do with LSD. Um, so you had a big break point right at the end of your relationship where you like started like coming into your own like thinking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like thinking about like oh my god, like is well we're not okay we're not gonna do this in there. I'll okay. I'll tell you what happened <laughs> off air, but um, so I guess, I guess what I'm trying to, or what I wanted to ask yes, uh, please. what's it like having kids like. What's it like having kids? Holy or, shit. Well, like, yes. like, just get into all that. Okay. Um, it's a lot of what everybody says. It's wonderful and crazy. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Honestly, for me, I know that I'm going to remember these times more than any other in my life. And I can feel that while I'm doing it. It's so special. Um, these kids say and do things that I can see that I know I did to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And That's they're really so weird. fucking cute and so fucking adorable. <laughs> and I don't know. I... I'm not really like I have ambitions and I'm doing stuff in my life, but like 90% of my attention is just watching whatever the fuck they're doing and just being around them and enjoying my time there. They, they choose most of what we do. Me and my wife, me and JC, um, have chosen that one of us has always been at home with them. So when each of them were born for the first like two years, JC stayed home and then the back two years. So for like a year and a half, there and then another one was born now i've been home for almost three years so i get to be a stay-at-home dad and like oh i, I didn't even realize that yeah, wow you're a stay-at-home dad holy that, shit that's actually my first title i would take right now because <laughs> i do a lot of other shit but like that's that's where most of my responsibility comes in that's the reason i wake up it's the reason i go to sleep it's like what helps fight the depression you know what yeah, i mean yo, it's, yeah it, it is my point um yeah no it's it's crazy how much something like that can mean to you and you can talk to it but you can't tell any of these real feelings to you know what i mean like yeah, it doesn't yeah, mean anything yeah. to your child to tell that to it means something to jc it would mean something to them as an adult you know what i mean it means something through their life that i feel that way but that conversation doesn't happen you know it's yeah, crazy being I, the guardian of information the shepherd of information that that part's surreal that like as things happen like let's say these protests and we're in target and all of a sudden targets get shut down and we can't buy anything and we go outside and people are yelling fuck the police your son turns to you and says why are people saying naughty word to the police <coughs> it's it's surreal being the person who gets to decipher that information into the little minds you know what i mean yeah. it's special that's so unique and like we've done one thing i would say about me and jc and that i am most grateful for and would hold on the highest is that we've done such a good job for so long that the ability to give them the information, their ability to receive it, understand it, and the ability to emotionally adjust to it is so high that it's almost fluid. It's almost easy. It's mm-hmm. literally a choice for me and JC to decide what information to give them rather than like have to negotiate the emotional boundaries of things. Yeah. And Does that, that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I completely understand. That was always my fear with like having kids with my ex. And yep. I feel like that's even my fear. Like, going through life yeah because i have like i just i feel like with my background my views i tend to have like a very like middle ground like weird perspective that like you know obviously you're never gonna agree with anyone to the t but like when it comes to like kids and those issues like Mm -hmm. i always imagine there's like a a conflict where i'm like one way and or or the kid gets to witness the conflict yes 
Yeah. Can, as long as you both present your sides equally, don't discredit the other and don't use emotions to persuade your argument. If you're presenting your information hmm. and saying this is how I feel because of this, the kid needs to understand that. And if he sees both parents can feel both ways, then they get more complex like you are. That's interesting. Yeah. I guess I never thought of it like that. It's, it's literally it's the, the hardest part is being so simple, honest. It's not about being honest. It's the complexity that baffles everybody. It seems like lying. It's about like what's what's the rawness of this? What's happening? Why are yeah. they, why, why are we doing that? You know what I mean? Well, and that's kids, kind of you have to explain it to them. Yes, the kids just want way. that expl- explanation, and they also want some one one thing I have found is kids want some guidance and relativeness to how you feel about the situation. So I'm not prescribing like you should feel sad. You know what I mean? I would never <laughs> never do that to any human. But they like like when I was leaving, it's like I think they're feeling really sad and mad right now. I think those that they feel that they don't get to say or do things that they want that people are pushing or doing you know like when i ground you to your room and don't let you out could you imagine that if in your life about your job if you only had jobs that were grounded to your room and yeah like help with those feelings they're huh. looking for like that complexion that that kind of stuff to come across that's that's i think where my my kid is my oldest boy is currently at i have a four-year-old girl too and she's just blissful about the entire world <laughs> she, she's not picking up on anything yet she's starting to talk and stuff she's just joy but uh, Aldo, he's almost eight, and he's probably one of the most complex human beings I've ever met. Wow, really? And most most empathetic. I've never, especially for a guy, it's hard to pick up on pick up on other people's feelings, but then to say things that would actually empathize or correlate in their reality is hard for us. Most of the time, we want to be like, "Why are you feeling that way?" or "How do we get out of it?" Aldo will just give you a hug. Aldo will just say, "I love you," and I'm sorry you're feeling that way. And nobody like did. I I didn't even do that to him. I'm not even good at that yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just damn. naturally does that inside of himself. <laughs> yeah, damn. All the time. That's how I feel. Is, damn, these kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Ooh. I'm saying. It's like the the current reality fucking sucks. But I have such high hope for what's next. And that was part of what me and JC like. I was never gonna have kids. I I come from. My yep, father was I a biologist and actually worked on like Obama's climate change agenda and. Wow, your father? was the director of the Iowa DNR for four years. And so I come from like, the world's going to burn. <laughs> the world's going to shit. We are killing it. We are destroying ourselves. And like nightly dinner conversation was about the uh, parts per million of different chemicals in the air and what we've learned to adjust them, shit like that. So like I come from like a doomsday house without any preparation, that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, not to be an asshole, but yeah. kind of um, aligns with their addiction. <laughs> their, yeah. like, <laughs> having that mentality. Like. Absolutely. It was that mentality just put into a purposeful thing. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's that's how I view uh, addiction recovery things is they don't necessarily hmm. fix it. That's why they're looking at it as a disease. Yeah, yeah, Is they yeah. just help you realign and recenter. But I did I did grow up in that. Um, but yeah, no, where was I coming from? Uh Kid, we're talking about kids, obviously. Oh. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, so. My childhood just came out. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I had a really good. They, they, my dad was pretty aggressive about information, but they, uh. they, we, we didn't, we weren't allowed to feel. That's how I would say we. Most things had to feel good. If you're sad, let's work through it quick to get back to the good. Really, and that's something like I want to make sure isn't perpetuated. Huh. I think that happens a lot, and like, like, like you want to feel good and it is something that you can do to yourself to achieve but that's also not real you know what i mean yeah sometimes sometimes you should feel really fucking sad sometimes you should be mad sometimes you should be hurt sometimes you should be offended you know what i mean like yeah those aren't bad feelings they aren't bad scenarios that got you there you need this 
you need those to like it's like a bumper car hitting the wall you should steer a little bit better <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like, you, you need to learn the people to, you're around need to adjust or yeah maybe you need to be in a different setting or have different words or listen to different music <laughs> exactly you need to like you need to like adapt to your environment yes or adapt yourself, or adapt yourself. I, yeah. I don't think i think so and that there's two sides to every coin you can do things in our reality forwards or backwards left or right right that's how a coin is made there's two sides so you can do things to shift your reality i find that hard our reality takes a lot of money and energy to shift yeah and most of the time like we don't even the house i live in like i got to choose the house but i didn't fucking build it you know what i mean like it's hard to do things like that i find all the work i can do is on the other side of the coin is the inward stuff and that will manifest outwardly when you affect one side of the coin the other side of the coin affected so if i want a nicer car get myself on a higher vibration and the nicer cars on the other side of the coin. If that makes sense. Yeah. Have a, have personal goals and like, boom, you know, you have to, you have to believe that like the vibrations give and like, you know, in action, people are going to learn from your act, your action. That's something I've learned too, is you can't preach truth. You have to like, it's like like a Jesus effect. Like you have to like show it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. in the best way possible, like the, what Jesus was supposed to be. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like a good guy walking around doing good things. People are like, "How is he doing good shit?" And he's like, "You should read a book." And everybody's like, "Ah, book." You know what I mean? Like, but like that that could be a really good thing if the book had good information. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, except the gays, though. The, 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 <laughs> uh, the Ricky Gervais. He does a bit. Um, where he's talking about like creationism and like the or Noah it's, it's Noah's Ark and like uh, he talks about how he's reading this he was showing his kid this book mm-hmm. and how Jesus is depicted as like very feminine in the book and the kid was asking if, uh, and something like it seemed like he was having Jesus was having a hissy fit and the kid asked like is Jesus gay and he's like no he hates him <laughs> <laughs> no he hates him <laughs> That's oh, that's pretty God. straightforward. It's yeah. honest. Ugh. Well, yeah, religion's like Jesus fucking Christ. I, I grew up in a religious. I mean, not practicing, but like they brought me to church every Sunday because it's what they were supposed yeah, to do. Yeah. That type of house. So was it like we can get to this if you don't yeah, mind, please? Anyway. Um, like what? Well, I guess like what dominate denomination or like what was like your situation? So I think my parents came from Lutheran, so okay. we started out in Lutheran, and that was like like happy lots of food afterwards donuts after each time but then our pastor died and so then we shopped churches and we became e-free evangelical free you didn't uh like a pastor didn't come back you just like or like you he died and he was like the special one my parents loved or something i see so they just made decisions and they didn't like their other pat or didn't like him as much he didn't have the right message or something I see. I didn't. I was not involved with the choice. <laughs> yeah, the kids we, usually aren't. <laughs> and then at that time, E free churches were booming. So like 2006, that era. Yeah, yeah. And that was fucking crazy. And that was the most radical I've ever seen a cult or a church be. And that was like all. Let's go all over the world and build shit for them that they wouldn't otherwise get, and then tell them it's only because of Jesus and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I. Um. Was it, I don't mean a sidetrack, yeah. but like that's the whole thing. Like that experience, like a mission, like when yep. people did the missionaries, you're pouring like cause they would like throw these fundraisers. Like we're gonna, we're I need a th- however much fucking money. It's expensive to go to another yep. country, especially like twenty thirty grand. To yeah, get a yeah, group exactly. Of people there to build a new water fountain or something. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> and like you could be putting that money directly. Like you could give it to them. Give, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's fucking tribe's entire year's salary. You know what I mean? They could yeah. feed each other twice as much food. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That, 
I, I don't understand the need for the white person to be involved in the building. <laughs> if you need a, if if you're that secure and you need a turbine or thing there, which I agree with, then why don't we invest in just building it there? Why do you need to be there? Why do you need to hug a black kid? Well, yeah, and like if your why real goal are you is like zooming these children, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't. I yeah, understand I, the empathy. I don't understand the passion. I see what you're saying. Um, well, no, and like you would think you would want to give them the tools, right, to be able to you know do it teach, themselves. Teach somebody how to build wells. Yeah. Whoa. That is way more valuable than just Whoa. going in. <laughs> Give him a well digging truck? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that sounds really It's like worthwhile. the 2001 Space Odyssey, how there's like the monolith and like they don't know what the fuck to do with it. They're like, oh, we can't make another one of these. We don't know. Like, this is like. This is it. A, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and I heard a very interesting analogy. Like, if we brought like nuclear atom fusion back like 100 years ago, 50 years ago, probably even, people would think it was like a godlike, like, creation the creation oh absolutely you know yeah it, it's it's the church would probably own it a hundred years ago yeah right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there'd be fuck there'd be like an entire like science class just like uh revolved around the you know revolved around the church we are only like 300 400 years less than that 250 300 years away from the christian church dominating our entire society yep it's true and we are just now getting to the parts where our literature isn't christian dominated or chosen exactly everything you find in a library still 99 percent, 98 percent of it is still christian chosen literature most of most of this most of the stuff that was passed still isn't released from their libraries yeah and we're just now starting to get people who can articulate enough forward to be able to write new stuff exactly well yeah, they're in, you know, the whole atheistic movement. Like, that is, I, I've just seen that grown so much in the last decade. Not, like, I understand atheism. I definitely went through my. Yeah, I my, guess I was going to ask this. There is no nothing. Yeah. So I went from the E3. Then they, the big thing for them was they said at one point during a sermon, if you don't vote for George Bush, you are going to hell. <laughs> oh, God. Of I course. know. <laughs> they literally said that. Don't you love it when politics get <sighs> religious? And that's so illegal. Um, <laughs> so then my parents were like, we need more religion. We're going to go Baptist. And shortly after that, I was in my teens and I got put in a judgment chair where they, you got to talk about your view of God while everybody else in the like youth group told you all that was wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> That's like mob mentality for like. Oh, it was fucking terrible. And like, I'm a rebel at heart. And these kids were like the pastor's child, the judge's yep. child. Like, I got my ass ripped to shreds by their views. Nothing in reality. You know what I mean? Yeah, their judgments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, what's terrible. written in a book? Yeah, yeah, terrible. So then, shortly after that, I went atheist. There's nothing. There, if that's a god, I don't want anything to do with right. it. <laughs> that's the typical jump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And but again, hallucinogenics exploring and just like having kids exploring life like there's no way that there isn't some divination to this even if it's just a fucking pattern or a puzzle being played out i will still give my praise to whatever that is like it knows more than i do there's something happening here that is of a greater substance than me so agonistic new age that's so my dj name is snag right yeah it's an, uh, it's yeah. an acronym for smart new age guy Oh. So my theology, myself, what I call is new age. It is the dawning of Aquarius. I believe yeah, we're in yeah. the turning over of something new. And all I'm trying to do is figure that out. My current question out loud is what what is the energy exchange we're missing? So like right now it's currency or trading. There's like this value summary that is for anything we do, anything that is of our doing. The rest of reality does not exchange that. The rest of reality does not feel that way. Doesn't even get those like inclinations. When the deer the lion eats the deer, the rest of the deers aren't like pay up. 
Yeah. Like that doesn't that doesn't fucking happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The deer yeah. doesn't even suffer. The deer just knows it's his day to die. Like how what exchange are we missing in all that? Where there's so much suffering caused by whatever misalignment of energy exchange we have happening. I know it needs to be more chaotic and I know it needs to be more personable and less corporate, but I don't know that that part is like my ongoing question. Like what does that look so like? So here's my I'm kinda of more yep. playing devil's advocate Please, here. Hit me. Um so I guess here's my question. Do you think we can ever fi- can we ever figure that out? We we'll have to. We have to. Yeah, I think I think like have to as in it's already being done. Oh, Once okay. one individual does it, every individual will become it. It's evolution. Mm-hmm. Um so so there's two ways to look at everything, right? Like when the butterflies are in the forest and they were all blue and then the the new uh, power plant comes and it changes the skies a little bit grayer and one of the butterflies are born a little bit grayer and he survives and replicates and all the blue ones die because they're more visible now all the butterflies are gray that's evolution that's one perspective that's called forced evolution yep evolution also happens all evolution is forced in all perspectives but evolution can also happen from one individual that one butterfly could have chosen to be gray he could have chosen to shift himself, especially once you start getting into cognitive dissonance where you're inside. What we are now working on, what makes us different than nature is the self-identity. We understand there's a self. It's our idea of self that dissidences us from reality. It's our misalignment of self that makes it so we can't see the truth. Whoa, that's that, that's a lot in itself that about evolution but yes. sorry continue no. so so this is already happening there's already been people who so have you heard of Maslow's hierarchy you, you're uh, kind of taught maybe. it in school the reason you're not fully taught it is because the higher levels don't want to be talked about so they talked about the lower levels where you need like water and shelter food you need social uh conduct uh, you need self inside recollection the highest peak of that is called actualization it's where you attain like like self divination like you are who you're supposed to be you can see yourself you're around the right people everything's happening fluidly for you you're happy you have food and water we should be able to attain that most people in this reality in this world should be able to attain that that's that's already happened for a lot of people a lot of people are already actualized as long as that's happening there's no stopping what's coming that that is a different reality and like there's this book ishmael who's about this gorilla who's a master of captivity but not of his own captivity of the human condition and this gorilla can what the story is is he can send thoughts to you so it's like he's talking to you okay and he went through a life and in this gorilla's dying wishes he puts out a a newspaper ad for anybody who wants to save the world and this guy shows up and listens to this gorilla and through this thing like starts to understand what this gorilla is saying it's actually you're talking about like a trans like a transcendence almost kind of thing kind of but what he's pointing out is the conditioning the condition we live under there's a reality that we believe exists that we are shown through living being born now this is the reality you're shown it's called a condition you can shift that you can believe worse better less more but there's a truth to inside of that that we can all share and what he starts to do is break this down and explains to you why there's a difference between you and the person who's angry so like what what I believe is actually happening right now is like like let's say with the protests that are a prime example. There's two sides to everything, right? There's there's the side that's saying this ship is working. Let's say it's a flying vessel. This thing is flying. We are flying. You just need to pedal harder. Get back in line. Fucking shut up and pedal harder. And this thing's been working. It's working the whole time. We're all flying. While the other side of it is like this isn't flight. We built this thing. We didn't know the rules of aerodynamics. This isn't aerodynamic. It's not flying. We're falling. We're just falling to the bottom and it feels like flying to you. This sucks. That's the difference. We can now, we're now at a point in like 
human understanding. We have the information. We've explored enough and done enough scientific research besides religion that we can now come back to spirituality with that understanding and build a flying Mm. ship that is actually aerodynamic that we can all get inside of and fly together that is a human flying machine. That that couldn't have been possible before. We don't have to be mad about it. They didn't have the information. Yeah. But now we can be like, yo, they were just dumber than we are. We can evolve. <laughs> yeah, and that's the that's the thing. Like, is really frustrating to explain to people. Is like, do you realize that we're in a completely different place than what we even were fifty years ago? Our level of understanding is like far beyond anything that we could possibly imagine back then. And we're not even digesting the level we yeah, could Yeah, we're be. not even close. We're like, not even we're close to like, what we could we're be. We're chiseling away at like this entire entirety of something. But there's there's a group of people who will <coughs> always think for a long time there'll be this group of people who will think yeah. that this is the reality we have. There's nothing you can do about it. We just need to get it better and we need to work harder at it. Then there's this other group that's like that's not the only truth. And that that group, I believe, is fully destined to, ch- to be the change. There's no stopping that. You can't stop evolution. I can't find of a single example. That gives me a lot of hope, honestly. That's why I'm so Yeah, angry. yeah, yeah. I can't find of a single example. Like, let's say we all didn't have eyes and somebody was born with eyes. That's how we got eyes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like that, not that drastic of a step, but like things like that. I don't, I don't know where that would, we're understanding yourself on a higher level unless we like, revolt and allow stupid people to kill smart people you know what i yeah, mean like, yeah or idiocracy happens where they're reproducing at rates that exceed everybody else well that, <laughs> see that's kind of something i was thinking about you can you could maybe make the argument today with overpopulation and all that it's but, kind of interesting but even so i think their kids are i think this feeling this people don't change without a pressure i don't think it's pain i think it's a pressure that causes change is like less layman term but i think even the kids are the people now who aren't comprehending the pressure are going to feel it. I think they're still like the boomers I know are still feeling the pressure. They just can't comprehend it. They blame somebody else. Mm-hmm. These kids are first going to blame their parents and then they're going to blame the entire reality of it. Yeah. That's that, that, that is different. That's a change in and of itself. So yeah, I, I don't think this much hate can transpire like that because of what other people are doing. They're making it evident that the not hate evident. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, uh, it's like I said before, I think religion has a big... Like, in that situation specifically, I think religion probably has a big part in that. So I guess it'd yep. be curious to see what, how how that all... See, what, like, what we're talking about, how it all goes about. There's a book, another book, uh, Loving Buddha, Loving Christ, and he explains Buddha, and he explains Christ, and then he explains what each culture's understanding and how they're are actually the same and i know that like somehow that all makes sense because like people say analogies like that you've heard things of that nature but he this book does it in such a way that like i had jesus issues i was very angry very fucking angry at the church very angry at like this is what you call god this is what you call love and like they took those words away from me this book fixed all that for me um but so so talking about actualization when jesus was on earth he was actualized he was the only human being on actualized, and this happens. This happens with all big, like creative ideas. Like when music hit, when the Renaissance hit, there's three or four main leaders in those types of thoughts that push it into the entire world. Um, like Mozart time period, there's like three or four pe- big people that change that world. Plato's time period, there's like three or four people that change that world. This happens in like spurts like that. So Jesus Buddha was all around the same time ish period, and what was happening was this new realm of human experience was coming through. 
the, I believe the misinterpretation, the greatest misinterpretation was he was, let's say he was actualizing, he was understanding his world. He was from the beginning. That's what they were saying is he never had any sin, which means he never understood our perspective. He was never human conditioned. So as he was saying shit, I'm sure it sounded really good from where he was from, but as everybody was interpreting it, they were still full of shit. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And so that, that's the, the, the difference, the dissidence that happened there. Um, when he died and rose again, that's a next state of human evolution is called enlightenment. So mm -hmm. enlightenment, there's a soul inside your body. We can all kind of agree on that. When you die, something turns off. That turning off is whatever enlightenment allows you to move through. I've read things that talk about like when you vibrate at such a high level, you can appear and disappear. And they, even monks have done this in like Asia and stuff. It's about something within your frequency vibration and you can elevate, you can float, you can do those types hmm. of things. And I know it sounds fanciful, but I think it'd become more prevalent as more people actualize as we raise the overall energy wave, the, the tightening of it through the few individuals that are better adjusted will be able to. Um, but yeah, no, I... I, I do hope for good. I think we're going to go through a, a few really big rough patches. I think we're at the yep. peak epitome of human experience right now for a while. We're at least at one of them. At I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah. And I think I, I really hope for automation. I really hope that we can fold the cards and we can automize the shit and let the people making money pay for it until we take it back. I hope we can just get through the transition before we... The, what we're going through, I think, has been done many times before. Even the, the for example, my best example is the Mayans. They believe now that the mm. Mayans, the elitists got so elite and had all the information and all the wealth that most people just rose up and killed them all. And that's why they, yeah. like they disappeared just because that kind of killed off their civilization. They actually used uh, peyote. They the did. Mayans. They, I have a funny story about that. <laughs> and it was so it's not peyote. The the they had this tree. So I was on this paid tour, middle of summer, almost nobody's there. It's hot as fuck. And we're going through Chichen Itza. Um, I have a tour guide. He's like me, my dad, and two other people with us. And we walk up to the like, where they sacrifice people, and he takes down the leaf on a tree and starts burning it. And as he's talking, he's holding it in my face. He's like, this is the sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, this tree they actually used to ingest before the sacrifice as a, a way to meet God. As I'm like starting to roll into a tree. <laughs> 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 I was born Chichen Itza, rolling my balls off. <laughs> And it was like it was like a heat wave trip, like just color waves just washing you over, and you're just like being washed by these like feelings of heat and waves. And I'm like drooling, trying to like follow my tour guides. <laughs> Little Inca kids are like offering me beads and plates. I literally bought like three T-shirts. I have like four plastic platters because they look so like or clay platters that made these artwork things. They look so beautiful when I looked at them. I bought them all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mind you, I was 17 years old. Oh, wow, really? <laughs> I was with my parents. Holy shit, Yeah, that did happen to me. Yeah, no, no warning, no talk about what it was before he's like literally like waving it in my face telling me to smell it. Yeah, I yeah, that was a good, I'd say like an hour and 15, two hour minute trip, something like that. <laughs> That would be a terrible first. It was. I assume that was your first time you ever no. took. A no, wasn't. Oh, no. Nope. Okay. My first acid experience was at 15 years old. Well, okay. I'm, I guess I'm talking about like peyote specifically. Yeah, my only peyote or whatever that tree was. It was like a big tree. Like it, it, I guess it would f 15 foot tall, but real wide. Like take up this whole like this area easy. Wow. 
and like you smelled it and it was definitely almost immediate hallucinogenics and like i was saying like heat waves it was like this very much like coming at you and like <sighs> type of feeling that's so bizarre damn <laughs> i've never heard anything like that but i would think that would be like dmt related somehow maybe i don't know it was definitely chemical and yeah. i it was the re- it was grown right there like it was very specific in that spot you oh. know what i mean because that's where they were making sacrifices they like beheaded people and threw people over a well right there <laughs> well it's interesting that you talk about like buying a lot of shit because that's uh, I, I was just, i was like just recently listening to something about this uh like when you i guess it's not peyote so maybe it's not relevant but like when you take those kind of like when you take peyote for instance Mm -hmm. you are very susceptible to like influence like you're very like so that was kind of like a whole thing with like the mayans is like they kind of like did this to like put their the civilians like in like a state like a almost like a brainwashed kind of state to allow them to get to that power and And then probably eventually they just realized in and I, I think they used, yeah, I think they used it as a reward. Oh, so you okay. can attain being fucked up while we kill you, or you can stay in this punishment. I think they were very much like what we feel that now, where it's not necessarily like this, but it's like this. Yeah, like, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I yeah. think that's that, that kind of thing is what, I think it's very similar to what we're feeling. I, I'm, I'm guessing we're going to follow down a very similar path, hmm. unfortunately. Especially with like... I think so. I think civil unrest is going to continue happening, blah blah blah. But I think environmentally things are about to shift, and I think the common person is a decade behind where the government is in like yeah. movement and stuff. And I think they'll move so fast and so swift. I think that's where people would be like, I don't trust you at all anymore. And that's where things will like turn or get more controlled or whatever way they flip at that point. Yeah, I mean that's like a whole other fucking thing. Like who knows how that would go down. You know, that whole civil unrest, uprising, that kind of thing, that mentality. Um, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. have the answer. I, yeah. I'm happy <laughs> I don't know. Otherwise, yeah. scary people would be asking me way too many scary questions. <laughs> <laughs> I like playing in my backyard on my trampoline. Where do you get the weapons? No. <laughs> right. They have them. Area 51 is what I hear. Yeah. Oh, sorry, what was that? It said they have them in Area 51 is what I hear. Oh, right. <laughs> Yeah, that shit's really... Are are you a big alien fanatic? Uh like I believe in them. It's not Do the you? not the rabbit hole I fall down. Yeah, I mean neither. But I I don't deny that in all probability in all space and time that some other sentient life form exists. Yeah, exactly. fuck yeah, exactly. like it's probable. <laughs> I don't know. I would but, I would say likely, even on like yeah. a. Um, I would imagine so. It yeah. seems simple enough. Like I know life is complex, but like in that much time and space. Exactly. <laughs> How complex think, can anything be? It would happen at some point. Well, right. that's kind of the theory of the aliens and like time travel is like space is so vast that like by the like let's say like we're a civilization, an alien planet, however many light years away, what's compass mm-hmm. is. Like by the time they get here, a there's a likelihood they're probably not even still alive unless they have like a vessel that's like able to self-sustain an entire society for that long or freeze them or something or freeze them <laughs> right well that's the, but that's you start the fucking thing. with time when you start moving too fast or too long yeah and even being in space they age differently than we do here on earth yeah let alone you start getting outside of like a gravitational system like a, like a planetary system and you start in like open space who knows what the fuck yeah you ever see inception yeah <laughs> that movie fucked me up i actually one more than one time 
like three, four days ago, fell down a rabbit hole where I was watching something about how far the Nazis had gotten into space <laughs> that they sent humans. I was hearing about that the other day too. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> they have a landing pad on Mars and stuff like that. Is wow. that the thing was saying? I know. I was like, damn, they really pulled well, it off. They were the first uh, transmission. That was like uh, Contact. You ever see yep. that movie? Yep. That's like yep. the whole thing. They find Hitler's speech and the, oh fuck, like they think that's the one that sends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They think the aliens are Nazis and everybody's freaking the fuck out. (laughs) You know, it's interesting how Nazis were depicted in those kind of movies. I was watching Blues Brothers the other day. They have the Chicago Nazis. Yep. The fucking Nazis and they drive. You know, it's it's comical. Yep. You could not make that in a movie today. Not even close. No. No. It's too relevant. It's the scary fucking part. Well, and I think it's... So Italy is the one that's broken up right now. They have... I think it was like 16 or 20 different factions inside their central government. And the third, I'm sorry if I'm slightly off, like the second or third largest faction, like a considerably larger fraction is the neo-Nazi faction. The new neo-Nazi faction is what they call themselves. In Italy? In Italy. I did not know that. Yeah. Isn't that fucking crazy that it's like that relevant and it's happening? And Italy is like, Italy is one of those special places where thoughts happen first that's they're like a, a tall tale for like what's coming around it's crazy yeah um it's really interesting i guess i i guess because we've been talking about this and i like what's i really want to get into this i don't know <laughs> we can talking okay so talking about neo-nazis mm-hmm. i guess it's just kind of interesting thinking about what's happening right now with the black lives matter and everything yeah like i don't know maybe you don't agree with this but like i feel like every time that they're there's a certain movement one way. There's equally uh, absolutely, you know, it's the pendulum effect. So it, I guess, I guess I'm just curious how that's gonna all, how that's all, how everything's gonna turn out because it's already so divided. I mean, we really don't know like where either end could go. I mean, I, think, I don't know. I think informational war and political information war is just starting. I I've helped yep. design a few campaigns. I ran a governor's campaign a couple years ago, wow. and so I've been involved in that kind of stuff. And I think they're just getting their grasp around information data gathering. They've they gathered for a long time, but like how to utilize it, who to target. Their targeting models are getting more sophisticated. Um, both nationally, Russia, China, United States are all now uh, engaging in psychological warfare through internet and social media means. Yeah. So I think it's just really getting started in those means. That kind of leads back to where I was saying earlier, like I hope it just lasts long enough that we can get the automation kicked in and the rich people now to pay for it. If we can get past that point, then we can allow the robots to help us transition. <laughs> That's kind of my message. <laughs> I still think in a lot of ways, the best thing we can do is disengage. Fuck. If nobody paid attention to the news for the next month, there'll be nobody fighting. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's kind of a thing, and too. I, I'm not saying that I am so Black Life Matters, just to put that out there. I am so on the side of human rights of any individual. I am so against anybody speaking out or against anybody else in any fucking way. But I do know that things are perpetuated and antagonized. And I know that people aren't all on the same page with how to decipher information. Yeah. And so you can rile people up through common stream media. Fuck, my best friend Toby watches like Channel 8 and Channel 13. And like we don't hang out for a day and he comes back over and he's wound the fuck up about shit. It's because he watched like an hour of Channel 13. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, I don't I don't turn on the news. It's getting to a point where news isn't even news anymore. It's just entertainment. 
like a different level of entertainment. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like a emotional pseudo, engagement entertainment, a pseudo realistic form of entertainment. Yes, it's really fucking weird. like what like what MTV and those yeah like, yeah surreal yeah. channels were trying to aim for. Like we're gonna make you mad about these people again and again and again and again. That you know that's probably like a you know like you like you know years from now we're looking back. That's probably gonna be like a really big like thing that they're gonna point out is like this like decade of reality tv is just like and, put people in this mentality who, we'll be blamed for allowing people to own it like we do there's five yeah. companies in the world that own all the world's media everything we see every channel 13 in every major city is owned by the same five companies that's why they repeat the same information they're just personalized yep. to make you believe them by the local radio show i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up that clip i'm sure you know what i'm talking yep, about i've the seen one, that uh, it's been circulating for years fuck. but even even shows like uh, Discovery now and stuff. Discovery is owned by Rush Limbaugh. Oh, uh, wait, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Holy shit! I I, I Rush I've Limbaugh heard... and Rupert Murdoch invested in Discovery and the Discovery magazine. So that means all of the articles that they're even funding to go do are chosen by them, let alone the way they're printed. Crazy. Fucking crazy. Um. Yeah, we're the same, I, the same I, things. I, yeah, like I'm. Sh- yeah, I'm sure. I am Fox before. San Antonio's yep. Jessica Headley, and I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities, the El Paso, Las Cruces communities, Eastern Iowa communities, Mid Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about the balance right before they our country. Whoever made this is really enjoying themselves. Yeah, right. <laughs> all too common on social media, wall alarming some media like, outlets publish the same this. fake make stories to alter without our checking facts. There's entire yeah. generations that don't know how to do that. Exactly. They even when I show them this, on. On. watch Channel 8 News because it's what they've done the last 30 yeah, years. Yeah, like they can't even wrap their head around this. Right. That's the whole thing. That 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 is like so hard to like argue against, move against, be around. I can't stand that. Yeah, I, I, I'm so social media. media. Let's just watch it. Look at all that. Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda to control exactly what people think. And this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. This is extreme. We're fucked. They're so far ahead of us. I remember, I remember in tenth grade, I read uh, it was a little blue book put out by the Koch brothers, and it was released in the like mid nineties, and it was their agenda for the next two decades. And at that point, I was like, "Yo, most of the shit is enacted." And like two years ago, they released a new book about their next two decades, and it, if they get their way, we are so fucked. I don't think they can. I think it's preposterous, but who knows? They are so in control right now. The money, man. It, it, I mean, I'm it's glad you mentioned that when I put the you know when I was talking about those two main things because yeah, money is a big factor in that too unfortunately money know. money makes the decisions what what really soured me so i'll share this this is a pretty personal story because i respect the person yeah, i was working for, for. He, i was working for a senator honestly i believe to be a good human being really good human being i thought was making real changes he does he he works very hard at what he does he's just in a shit system he knows it but I don't, he can do it anyways <laughs> i i don't have the heart to stay there he did um but he was working on a medical marijuana bill while i was with him and we, I worked my ass off with him. He went to so many meetings, met with so many people. This was early days of medical marijuana. Um, had like so what, much, what year would that have been? 2008. Oh, wow. Wow, really mm-hmm. early. Jesus. Yeah, th- we were drafting the bill. Fuck. 
So we were drafting this bill. Everybody's working together, um, going to lots of meetings. People are taking input. I'm helping correlate the input, sending out emails. I'm seeing everything. Like I'm, I'm his right-hand man. I get there at four in the morning, two hours before he does, and I leave two hours after him at like six, seven at night to make sure all of his emails are answered. I make sure his files are ready for tomorrow's meetings. Like I was doing all the stuff. I was there for all of it. I just didn't make any decisions, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that it was, it was a quasi training program. It's what they do. They call them Senate aides. Um, they. But so this is happening. I'm very excited. I'm speaking lots of good things. Everybody's excited. All the communities are excited. It gets towards the end. We meet at a backroom bar, piano bar type of thing. We go to one of the private backroom meeting rooms. We sit down with the alcohol industry, Budweiser reps. They say, well, literally the conversation starts off. Well, I know you guys like to have your average thing, but I don't know how we agree with this. Because they have a yearly party where all the senators get drunk at the state fairgrounds. And then they gave us a new bill. It didn't have anything to do with the old one. They hadn't even read it. They already had the old one. So they argued against what we had by just saying they didn't want it and gave us a new one. Without question, that was adopted. And that's what was starting to press forward. So all the everybody else got bullshitted. Everybody else got lied to and fed the, the, the bullshit that this is what's happening. Then he took that, acted like he was going to continue forward with it, switched without telling anybody and continued forward. Like that, that's politics. That's good guys in politics. That's how you do it. That's good guys trying to do good things like pass medical marijuana bills. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the game. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so fucking disgusting. I don't know what needs to be different. I don't know anything about life. I don't need to be here. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And that's where I stepped away. It's like, maybe someday I'll get to go back, maybe make a big change. I would love to inspire somebody else to make a big change or do something of that nature. But I am not going to participate in being the problem. You know what I mean? Like, I see what you're saying. That, that yeah. was it for me. That, that turned my stomach so hard because I believe so much in what was happening. But it, it's, it's impossible. They are infiltrated way too deep. Everybody has their... You, it's back to the exchange. Whatever the exchange is, is off so bad that we can't even perceive it once we start being right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. the only way it makes sense is to participate. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that, not at all. Yeah, it's crazy. That's the kind of the whole thing with like the whole, because like kind of going back to education, there's like an institutionalized like thing where it's like yes. you have to have this certain level of ed- education to get there. Even though A, it literally costs a foot and a fucking leg to get it. B, it doesn't even seem to be like, you can't even get a job with, like, the whole thing is just like, it's different Disaster. than what the, our parents were sold a message that worked and they kept yep. using that message. And in our reality, that isn't true. It, it doesn't work. No. What What are you going to do with a four-year drama degree? <laughs> go. You're going to go manage a retail store because that's all there is to do. Like that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, well, I'm sorry. That's our reality. You put up retail stores and strip malls everywhere. That's what our parents did to us. You built the big box stores. We didn't. Now we are having to work those for you. That, that's, exactly. that's what this looks like. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe in formal education. Like you look at places like Norway. Holy fuck. You can light a person up. And I hate to say this. Not every parent's a good parent. Some parents are really fucking shitty. Yeah. And some of my best friends growing up, the only way they got fed, the only way somebody took the lice off their body, the only way somebody hugged them or loved them was the teachers or special assistants helping and doing that. Like that reality needs to exist. I, I, I want to provide that for every child. I yeah. love children way too much to take that away. But at a certain point, like ninth grade, I don't need to learn anything more about China and their development of Wuhan clan. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that yeah. does not make sense to my reality. <laughs> like we should, we should do what Norway does and allow specializations. We should allow people to go like be 
woodcutters, HVAC people, you know what I mean? Like allow at that point to allow some diversity. But again, high school is one of my favorite things. So keeping that intact, like never again do you after high school get to play music with anybody. Yeah. That the nobody sings the musicals aren't real. Nobody's singing in the streets when the car crash happens. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't happen in the real life. That happens in high school. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that kind yeah. of stuff has to be cultivated. That that's that's worth some of the bullshit. But I think we can redefine the bullshit, get rid of the testing, make it more specialized. Yeah, yeah. Teachers power. If anything, what we should be doing is grading and teaching the teachers. We should be making sure their minds are opening up. Well, yeah. And just taking taking account of it at least, rather than like basing your pay off of it. You know what yeah, I mean? exactly. I mean, fuck. You want to talk about that? I could go for hours about dealing with that in my fucking school. I remember being taught by a history teacher that America was a Christian country. Yep. And like, I remember like talking. I'm like, okay, but fundamentally, if you're a country that allows freedom of religion, how can you? Um, be a Christian country. Yeah, how, how can you like perceive one ideology? Like, even if you are right, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And like, and then eventually it got to a point where it's just like that's just the way it is. Like, shut up, essentially. And then that was it. I my ninth grade, my eighth grade history teacher became my ninth grade history teacher. He like moved, oh, you know, with years. Yes, <laughs> fuck. The worst that. part was he was hardcore Republican. Most of my school was, but he was yeah. outspoken about it. And like, this is a God fearing country. The mm-hmm. Republicans have this right. Democrats are idiots. They're going to burn down this country. Um, he, he hated me. That's the word I'll use <laughs> so much that halfway through my eighth grade year, he told me I couldn't talk or I'd be like detention. He gave me detention a couple times unless he gave me the stick. No talking from you whatsoever. All my ninth grade year was that way. And he would ridicule me. When he would say a point and he know it would be right-sided, he would say, or as Seth would say, with the liberals. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. What the fuck? Did you ever complain or anything like that? To, to, for what? Yeah, you? You, yeah, that's kind of the problem. You can't. <laughs> yeah, he's the basketball coach. You know Ooh, what I mean? Yeah, like, who? Yeah. What, what do you do to who? <laughs> There's no way anybody's going to do anything. And see, and that is, like, the biggest fucking problem that, like, I don't know how we're going to fix it, but it needs to be fixed. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like that. The people who are doing that are in those positions where you can't fucking do anything about it. Well, kids nowadays are changing things with phones in the classrooms and stuff. When somebody posts a picture of a teacher wrapping a kid with a ruler and you see 16 million views, that teacher's fired. Yeah. Like the school just now has not, not even applied pressure, but just viewed pressure that that teacher's gone. That's how we do it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, um, fuck, what's the term? When te- or it's like immunity, but not, like when teachers like fuck up and then they just get. Uh, like the unionized type of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, a really big problem. Yeah, and I agree with unions. I, I, like from where they come from, I don't agree with the current state of unions. I feel for most unions, they have been corporatized. Unions yeah. don't exist unless they're in a corporate reality now. It's, this is a corporate world. And so that's that's the dissidents. They're not a human organization. It used to be a whole bunch of like, literally the dads coming. They're fucking mad. Yeah. They need this. That's not what's happening anymore. I watched uh, On the Waterfront the other day. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they used to be those fuckers. That's yeah. not what's happening anymore. No, that's God. not it. And But but unions are needed. Otherwise, teachers make less than they do now. Or they wouldn't be able to organize strikes and things like that. I don't know. I... It boggles me. I know I know. we start with nothing and work our way forward, but it boggles me how resistant things are to things that seemingly are obvious to make things so much easier. It's not even better. It's just like, why? 
if every car had three tires and you figured out four, ma- they made it more balanced. Wouldn't she start adding four tires to everything? Like, is that hard? Is this an argument? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That, growing up boggles my mind that it's that difficult for everybody to like adjust like that. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I see what you're saying. The how people have such big predispositions right. to things, but that, that's kind of an interesting thing too. Is like all that's based on your experience. And it's it's and hard use inve- well that yeah that's true too like experience and value which, which which you know which probably comes from the experience in a way you know because like if you're taught certain values and that part I can't tell it's the chicken or the egg yeah because <laughs> because experience definitely shapes your values but so somebody born in a Republican family that then becomes Republican even though they're more moderate is that in their blood <laughs> you know what I mean like do you just see the world that way um, is that your perspective is your perspective always shifted. I guess, see, I can offer some insight in this because that's, okay. like, that's okay. kind of like exactly how you like literally kind of describe me. Um, I don't know. I guess like it's like it's a it's a different viewpoint, I suppose, because like for me personally, it's allowed me to see both. Okay. It's allowed me to see like a wider view, a wider view. Cool. You know, you let's just let's just say that there you know two viewpoints there's like a very basic narrow-minded view that you can have about that point let's okay let's take climate change for change for instance just keep it non what's going on right now climate change you could either say you want their you know climate change exists or climate change okay not even exists like what to do if you have that debate there's two parts of the debate whether it's true and then like what are you going to do about it Right. And that's the biggest, that's the thing people, like on that issue, for when you hear like that, and that's getting a lot better, but like when you hear like almost that childish talk about like, whether it's real or not, like, you're not thinking about it in the correct way. You, like, people need to have a wider view. I, do you understand what I'm trying I, I to totally say? I totally get it. Yeah. An, an acceptance of the current reality. Yes. Like, why are you arguing the science behind this? Why don't we argue what we do about it or don't do about it? That type of thing. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. let's agree on starting somewhere or not starting somewhere. Yeah. And you could, apl- I think you could apply that to, like, any problem that you see. Like, yep. you can have a perspective. There's a, I don't know if you know this guy, and you might hate me for even mentioning nope. this guy, if you know him. Um, Jordan B. Pearson, he's a, he's a psychologist. Okay. Um, he has this thing, 12 Wheels for Life, and... I, I joke, he's like the only religious person that I'll like really listen to. Okay. And one of his rules is to assume that the other person has something or is going to say something that you don't know. Absolutely. Like every conversation you have, you have to go into that assuming that. Yep. And yep. throughout the conversation, maybe you can learn that, okay, there's no common ground. We can't come to an agreement. This is just pointless. And through that, it, swish, it switches your intention. It al- yeah. It allows you to engage in a way that you are seeking something you're looking for. Exactly. And you are changing, you, like, you're trying to change their perspective and you're also trying to change your own perspective. To come together. Yep. And if if anything, if even you disagree with that person at the end of the discussion, your argument has been strengthened because you've engaged with that person and Questions that you ask or things that you have point, you have a rebel to that and you can use that to even form, you know, formulate better. And who knows what time does. A lot of the times when I say stuff to people, I can tell they can't understand what I'm saying, but who knows when the six, six weeks in the shower and they're thinking about it and all of a sudden they're having a problem and that hits them and they're like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, that's why you're hearing it. It's because you need it. That type of thing. I believe in that. I I don't believe in fate. But I believe no, no. But, but I do. 
I do believe in some kind of like this is like already happened in some sense. We're choosing our elevation of that. So yeah, in, in that in that sense, I know that things will play out the way they play out. You know what I mean? And all you get to do is like poke it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I, you know, and that's kind of it's kind of another thing too. Um, oh yeah, maybe this goes into what we've been talking about psychedelics. Having the humbleness to realize like. You know, I am who I am. Like realizing how much of an impact you do or do not have in this world, yeah. And like utilizing that as well. There's pure strength in that. Yeah. Because if you only have one control to your airplane, you better know where your fucking controls at. Stop but lying like you have everything else. You know well, I mean? exactly. And you know, it's like people like pouring all their time and energy into like social media and being like, like going back to kind of this everything that's been going on. That is like the thing that I've at least noticed in Des Moines is that um, there was a protest like. Right down the block, like over there yesterday, and I was driving by. I'm like, "Holy shit!" There's so many. And like a week late, like almost a week, well, what would have been five, six days yep. at that point. Yep. There were still so many people there. I mean, so this is obviously a change, but what's usually been the case is that people blast something on social media, a usually to get attention, or b to like reaffirm that they're part of this, you know, whatever group. Group. Yep. Exactly. It's an identity. Yep. Yep, an egoistic identity and understanding of self. And that's all people are ever looking for is a sense of self. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's all. I believe that's like people say that you're looking to be happy or whatever. I think that's like everything emanates from that. Once you find yourself, you can be happy. You can find you, what you want to do. You are always where you need to be. You are always doing what you want to do. Like it, it happens in the inverse effect. And it's not a level of like, I'm just going to be happy because I'm here. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's something different. It comes off a different way when you're actually in it. You're, it's more like, no, this is, this is what I want to do. And you feel that way all the, you can feel that way all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, fuck dude. We've been going for a while. Two, two and a half hours. Awesome. Now. Good conversation. Um, I mean, so yeah, this is at least two hours. I mean, cuts and all that. But yeah. Yeah. No, this has been awesome, man. Good. I, I, I'm going to get you back on soon. I want you and your wife both here. I'll bring JC. Yeah. I want to pick apart both your brains. You you just, you have a very open-minded like perception. And you know, regardless of that, you just, I mean, I I almost kind of want to get into that more probably with both of you here. You can kind of maybe go more more into the business aspect and like what you guys do here in Des Moines, but you guys do a lot. We do. You know, I, all your social media, it seems like you're working with a lot of people. Like you're becoming a really big part of Des Moines. Hopefully everything with all this can um, clear up and you can get back to it per yep. se. But yep. um, no, I really want to have you guys back on Pick Your Brain. This has yeah. been a fucking great podcast. I really great. hope everybody Thanks listening. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. No, I was appreciate, uh, you know, appreciate you coming. Yeah. All right, everybody. We're signing off. I hope everybody has enjoyed this just as much as we have having this conversation. Very um, open and enlightened. I hope you guys were all drinking, smoking a joint, whatever, kicking back. Yeah. Um, you know, these are these are crazy times. Take the time to chill out. It's vital. You don't don't be in this shit all the time. You're gonna go crazy. Take some time to kick back and just like watching TV. Well, in this case, listen to this podcast. There you go. <laughs> Close your eyes and listen. Um, like I said, House of Leopold, half of last House of Leopold, I guess. Seth, yep. it's been a great fucking time, man. Um, McAllister Hour sign off. Um, next episode, we have um, Chef coming on, and we're going to talk about George Floyd, who kind of get into all that. He has some really insightful footage, so we're just going to take that whole thing apart get, get into that it's going to be interesting cool so stay tuned for that we have more rappers and more artists coming on so yeah all right have a good night y'all peace